Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ASP gonna find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit. You know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the quarterback. Drop down, say bah. Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, that looks good, Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! Get a haircut. Yes, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. Not too sick. Not too sick, Vaughn. That's right. This is the core owner, core edition <laughs> of Ain't That Swell. Howdy. We're going to go deep on the virus. We've uh, none other than the two-time Gold Cone Piece award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the plant-based punk, Smeevy. G'day, Smeevy. And I'm joined here, as always, by my loyal co-host and friend, Vaughn Deadly, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, Waves magazine. Vaughn, welcome to the program. Thanks, Mivy. How are you going, mate? Are you holding up all right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. The uh, respiratory system is in pretty good nick, despite uh, half a dozen golden cones packed, punched and exhaled last night. <laughs> Feeling pretty good. But I, thought, I thought you were giving the uh, the lungs a, a, a breather. Yeah, I am. Oh, just 12. <laughs> I'm cutting down. Slimming down, mate. These are uh, dangerous and unpredictable times. Mm. I think it's... Time for all of us to take a bit of a, uh, a bit of a, a bit of a look at ourselves, a good hard look at it, look at ourselves, Vaughn, and mm. um, you know just rein it all in a bit. Whether it's your cone consumption, uh, maybe it's uh, booze, maybe it's uh, you know how much toilet paper you're hoarding. Um, yeah, just you know, just check yourself. You know, check on other people. I would hope that Swellians would not feel the need to hoard toilet paper given that we are prone to rinsing our corn in the most natural fashion possible. Correct. On the daily, as mm. it were, Vaughn. Why don't we just go surfing after every single time we need to, you know? It's true. I've been caught short a couple of times, actually, in the last week, in fact. So uh, anyone stomping around the dunes there at uh, Suffolk Park, be wary. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nice one. Breaking news from the Gold Coast. Mayor Tate outlaws surfing. The spit surfers paradise in Coolangatta are now off limits to surfers. What does this mean for the surfing public? We cross live to world champions, Mount Druitt's finest himself, Mick Eugene Fanning and Joel Leslie Schnorkos Parkinson for their take. Hey, uh, Parko, thanks for joining us on Ain't That Swell again. Always great to have you on the swell in, mate. Yeah, mate. Always good to be with you guys. <laughs> hey, Parko, we just heard that the, the mayor up there has shut down um, the cooling out of beaches. Yeah, I just had a text saying the same thing. What does that mean for you guys if a e- ECL or a, a nice little cyclone starts funneling in off New Mia? Oh, I, I don't know. I uh, well, they, you know, I went down to 
I went out surf to my grom for a surf on on um on Thursday at Snapper and it was just madness. Packed. Every it was after he'd finished his like online schooling and we went down, it was just packed. Like, I was just like, This is stupid, like it's gonna get shut for sure. Um, I went and I, I didn't help I went down once, I didn't help the problem and I'm like, mate, I've got to avoid it, so um I, I don't know, I guess even yesterday there was still like groups of people holidaying here that are just in groups on the beach and stuff. Like it was always gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. What's the plan now, Parker? How are you uh how are you planning to get wet, I guess? Like if this stretches out for I don't know, you know, two months, three months, six months. Um yeah. Mate, I don't, I don't really go over. I don't surf that side too much anyway. So I'm not really... I don't surf snap up every day at all. I'm, I'm a couple of times a year kind of thing when it's good, but it just does my head in a bit. So I, I just um, try to... I'll surf D-bars and then I'll just probably cruise down a bit on the Tweed Coast. I think, from what I understand, I just saw... What's his face? Tate, the uh, councillor or the mayor or whatever he is. I think he was saying the spit is shut. Cool and gather, he said, is shut. So he just used the whole zone. Um, so I'm assuming that means D bar too. And uh, what was nah, D bar, nah, D bar. They can't police D bar. So it's in New South um, Wales too. That's isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sweet. I, mean, I don't know. I'm probably just I got a little anchor. I just throw my boat out and you go surf down single or something. I mean, I, I really don't know. Luckily, there's no waves. If we get waves, it's going to be it'll be different. Well, how do you expect them to police snapper? Because I, I, if there's a swell, like a good swell, people will be out there in the dark getting waves. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to, like, bring in helicopters with big nets on them and just start fishing them out like they're schooling prawns? Oh, no, they'll police it. I mean, LL, it's, it's hard enough just getting across the border. I feel like I'm a Mexican living on that one side at the moment. Like, it's full on. So, like, all the roads are shut. Like, even when I cousin lives up there like he's got to go up and around roads on his four-wheel drive like they're, they're policing the border so yeah but what about the actual snapper the lineup mate like how are they going to keep people from paddling out in the dark are they going to have just a full-blown you know like what would you expect to see if, if, if they were trying to keep people out of that water they'll just ride them a couple of thousand dollar tickets real quick and i reckon you'd find people won't come mm, hit them in the back pocket and, and then also and then also, um, but what happens, like, I can go down to D-Bar and if it's, I just could, you could paddle around, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's like, what I'm thinking. And then, like, if, I don't know. if it's, it's empty. It's more, so, it's more so just the groups of people hanging on the beach. Like, if you just went down, parked car, ran out surfing, went straight back, but you can't sit on the beach in a group with the umbrella or hanging out like Australia Day stuff is, is kind of, like, hopefully, what they're trying to stop. Mm, it sounds to me... Uh, looking at what's going on all over the globe, like they're fully about to shut down like every, you know, high concentration, high density surf break in the land. Um, at which point I'm thinking, you know, what's the next step for, for the core surfers at that point? I guess if you've got a jet ski um, or a boat, you what, are we looking at people going offshore, like just surfing bombies and banks and river mouths? Like, um, I mean, there's got to be some loophole. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what happens if they shut down Gold Coast beaches and then make D-Bar will look like you won't even get a car park. It'll be that packed. Yeah. So then they have to shut down D-Bar. It's like, 
you're going to make a problem and you're going to just try and stop it there, it's only going to, you know, move over somewhere else. Mm. So, who knows? I, I really don't know. I mean, I just figure we all try and do the right thing for a bit and just uh, get down there and stop, you know. If you want to have a surf, just go for the get in the water, get out. No hanging. Mm, yeah, agreed. And what about yourself, mate? How, how have you dealt with um, just the isolation, having the kids at home and, you know, for a guy who spends most of his life travelling, are you loving it? Um, I don't mind being at home. Yeah, it's pretty good. Homeschooling's really hard. Um, <laughs> it's a nightmare, really. I have a daughter that's still in year, year 11 advanced math and I wouldn't even know where to start. So, <laughs> I was going to say, you probably... Literally, it, it must be so weird revisiting I'm, I'm, school when you spent most of your childhood trying to avoid it. It's a little, uh, a little more complex than adding up a uh, heat tally, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's way more. Like I'm, I'm sweet with my my, my youngest, Marley. Kids year four math. I reckon I would have passed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's year awesome. eleven a bit, but when you're putting numbers and letters and that all together, it's nonsense. <laughs> That's true. I think Pink Floyd wrote a song about it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, well, mate, look, thanks so much for getting on the line to us. Um, it's just no worries. interesting to hear your take on it. I, just, I wonder, it just comes back to that thing. Is an empty lineup and one perfect snapper drainer from behind the rock all the way through to Kira worth 1000 bucks? Good question. Good question. I don't know. <laughs> probably, you know, as long as you didn't put anyone in danger, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Awesome, Parker. You, Parker. Th- thanks for your time, mate. Right, Take care. Boys, have a good one. See you, brother. See you. Hello, mate. Hello, brother. How you going? Good, yourself? I'm very good. The tape is rolling, Mick. Hey, uh, we just got the we got the call. Gold Coast Beach is closed. What does that mean to you? Um, yeah, look from from what I just saw on the um, from what I just saw on the in the paper, I just looked on ABC and it says it's closed over the Easter weekend uh, and also for out of towners at this stage. Um, so I'm not sure if that means locals or what, um, but. Yeah, look, it's fine. It was hectic over over the weekend. It was um, you would never know there was a pandemic or anything going on. Um, you know, I just surfed out the front of my house, and I've never seen so many people along the beach. So, um, yeah, I think I think we need to be smarter. I think we need to um, you know just go and swim. Um, go for your walk, but don't hang out, you know, go mm. for a surf, but don't hang out. It's just, it was just ridiculous. There's people everywhere. Yeah. And, and have you noticed like just from, you know, going from a, for a surf, has there been any blowback on you personally? Like, cause some people are, are really, uh, you know, they're taking the, the whole isolation thing really seriously yeah. in terms of like not leaving their house unless they absolutely have to, you know, as a high profile guy up there, are you copping any, I don't know, just noise in that regard? Um, no one said anything to me personally because I haven't gone near anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they might be saying stuff on social media, which I don't read or anything like that. But, you know, I, I've, 
I've just been going, I'm either surfing out the front of my house or I'm going to D-Bar and the only the only person that I surf with is, is Lincoln who lives in the front house anyway. So, um, and then, but out in the water, it, it's been pretty good. Like, especially at D-Bar, I, I haven't surfed Snapper. I sort of refuse to surf Snapper at the moment just because of the social distancing. But mm-hmm. um, at D-Bar, everyone sits like a, a metre and a half, two metres away from each other. So, it, you know, it, you sort of have to applaud everyone that's out there and, and everyone that's um, taking that part seriously. It's, um, it's sort of good. And, mate, what about your uh, your neighbours? Have they complained about a golf ball flying in through their window? I saw your Instagram <laughs> clip. It's just, what happened there? <laughs> they're, they're luckily, luckily, they've been hitting the beach. Um, <laughs> That's classic. Oh, but how, oh, how are you finding the isolation, mate? I mean, um, you've got a bub on the way. Are you loving the time at home? It's a magic time to actually to, to be at home when you've got uh, a bubby bacon. Yeah, look, I, I guess we, we've been we're lucky where we haven't had to change too much to our daily lives as we're homebodies anyway. Um, you know, the, the biggest change for us is just not going out and, and eating out all the time We're we're all cooking up at home and making real nice dinners and lunches and, um, and just, yeah, just steering clear of each other. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll be the only one going to the supermarket or the butcher um, but we're ordering a lot of our stuff online um, to come in and, and just so we don't have to see each other. But it, it's been good. It's been awesome to watch Bree, Bree's belly grow and, uh, you know, feeling kicks of the bub. It's, it's been awesome. And, and is it true, any truth to the rumour you're going to call the uh, the baby Smivy? Smitty. <laughs> Smivy. Smivy. <laughs> <laughs> After Jed Smith, our, our, uh, our glorious leader. Oh, well, I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag. I was actually just going to call it Jed. Um, <laughs> Perfect, Jed Fanning. That's a great name. Inbred Jed. <laughs> yeah, even if it's even if it's a girl, might as well just call it Jed. <laughs> no magic, um, mate. Hey, listen. Yeah. Um, thanks for jumping on the phone. I got one last no. question. We just spoke to Parco. Um, mm-hmm. If if uh, on the Easter weekend, if the beaches are completely shut down and they're handing out thousand dollar fines to anyone who paddles out. Is a wave from behind the rock draining all the way down through past Rainbow, you know, into the Kira? Is it worth a thousand bucks? Yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. All right, well, I'll start saving. <laughs> yeah, look, I've never uh, even come close to get one from behind there. Yeah, no, it'd be great. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to paddle my my clubby board up from my house and um, just put an anchor on the front of it and catch a few waves and then I don't have to hit the sand. So exactly. if they're on jet skis, they can get me. But uh, <laughs> Avoid the yeah, car look, park at all costs. You know, how much do people pay to go to Indo or, or you know, other these other places on the earth to go for a surf trip? So, yeah, look, I would... Uh, I would recommend getting one for a thousand bucks. Awesome, mate! I no, could have talked to you. Nah, seriously, but out of all stupidness, no. Nah, I think just everyone just needs to be uh, be smart and social distancing. You know, we're we're getting less cases, so um, yeah, let's let's keep everyone safe. And you know, before we know it, we'll all be out in the water together. Good on you, mate! Thanks so much for your time. Great to talk to you. No worries, lads. See you soon. Yeah, boys. Yeah, yeah mate. Bye, bro. Mick fucking funny.
Turn to regular programming with Ain't That Swell, proudly brought to you by Davo CBD Oils. Um, yeah, we've got to welcome our special guest okay. to the program, Vaughn. Uh, he's the original guest of Ain't That Swell, none other than Oscar Wright. Oscar, welcome. Thanks, Jed. How you going, Oz? How's good. the isolation treating you? Yeah, good, mate. Love isolation. Mm. Has your life changed much? Since the uh, the virus sort of took hold and the government started shutting everything down and it became illegal to shake hands <laughs> using skin, everyone's just sort of doing elbow waving these days at each other. How are you doing with it all? Yeah, pretty good actually. I've been lucky to have Cowboy across the street. So, um, you know, it's kind of like I've seen more of him than I used to see. Mm. So that's good. That's cool. And do you guys just sort of like wave at each other across the street and yell yeah. out over the road? or We just have campfires in the backyard and mm. drink beer. And cook on the barbecue. Mm, well played. In isolation uh, as a little family there. Yeah. Um, Got to ask, mate. The the virus hit and it obviously sent the world into turmoil. Vulcan was one of the first companies that reacted to that in terms of a big shutdown. Um, that affected you. Want to talk us through that? Yeah, it's a, that's a big one for all the Vulcan boys. No income and... I guess for about a million other people or more, mm. 20 million in the US, I think. Yeah, um, still living off the last paycheck, so it hasn't affected me yet. But yeah. once I run out of money, then talk to me then. Yeah, how, <laughs> how was that call? Talk us through it, because I mean, a lot of surfers are going through this right now. Uh, we've seen stories on Stab and all across the, you know, all across the world. Uh, people are losing their jobs, and um, you'd been with the company forever. I just, you know, how did it, how did it go down? Were you rattled? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a rattle for sure. But, um, you know, I'm, I had such a good run. It's been a long time. And still hoping it's going to, um, you know, everyone's going to get better and back to work. Mm. It's, but it's hard to sort of see that happening, isn't it? It's hard to um, imagine the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah, the new normal. Like, I mean, what's it going to look like, Smithy? Mm, it's a good question. Uh, I'm looking into my crystal ball here and it's... Looking pretty foggy, um, but fuck, I don't know, man. Like, uh, there's a few possible outcomes of this. <clears throat> my, uh, my, I've got the. Do you want the dystopian version? Sure. Because the dystopian version, like, uh, we, you'll hear from, uh, you'll hear actually, we, we got a Tulsi watch. I don't know if it's in this episode or uh, the other one we've just done, but <clears throat> my theory has been that for a while now they're looking. You know, they've been just... I feel like they're looking for an excuse to fucking purge a huge amount of people from the population. Left and right seem to agree that there's too many people on planet Earth. And I'm looking at this thing like going, wow, like this is the perfect excuse, the perfect solution to this overpopulation problem. The final solution, perhaps, uh, in the words of the... Uh, the great vermin, the great swine, Adolf Hitler. And uh, I'm, I'm really worried about when this virus gets into the slums in 
in Rio and Brazil and South Africa and you end up with, you know, millions of infected people with no, absolutely no way to get any kind of treatment. Um, at which point, you know, there's, there'll be no will to treat those people from those countries like South Africa and Brazil. And so you're going to end up with millions of infected poor people living in uh, shanty towns um, who will, I guess, be expected at that point to just be sit down, to sit down quietly and die. Um, and obviously that's not how it goes down. Like people don't tend to go out quietly. They, you know, tend to go down with a fight. So, I mean, at that stage, what happens, I guess you got millions of infected people um, whose bodies are now a weapon. Um, and what will happen? Will those, once it gets into the slums, are those people going to revolt? And what's that revolt going to look like? Is it going to look like, you know, hordes of infected people pouring out of the slums into wealthier parts of town, spitting on people, coughing on people, you know, just trying to touch them like a full-blown, you know, sci-fi zombie apocalypse. Mm. And then you've got leaders like Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil who are looking for an excuse to just go into the slums and start icing people uh, with their, you know, tripped out Gestapo units. <laughs> South Africa's no different. You know, we've got these kind of evangelical far-right Christian Nazis running some of the biggest countries in the world, America and Brazil. I'm looking at this thing just going, mate, if we don't fucking get a cure for this real quick, there's there's every chance of a Holocaust going down. Mm. On a positive note... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of uh there's a lot to I guess be fearful of if you're looking at uh the way that I agree the, the way that sort of it's all structured it, it seems like people will storm castles and take what they want and uh it, it, it creates the opportunity for uh, a lot of conflict heavy heavy conflict with you know uh the worst case scenarios playing out as well which is like you know the authority and the the masses at at war with each other, mm. so I think that's um, that's definitely something that's going on. Something I've been really kind of bummed about, I suppose, is just like just how gnarly that localism thing is getting. People just like having no sense of I don't know unity or anything. Like you know, they're everyone's saying, "Oh, we're in this together. We're in this together. We got to stick together. We got to do this as one." But don't fucking come to my beach. I'll fuck you up. Like people are losing their minds. There's no sense of humanity there at all. No. So. And you, you, you wouldn't expect um, anything less from Western culture, really. We are fucking mm. cancer on this planet as far as I can tell. There's been nothing but self-interest, <laughs> greed, war, misery. We've been exacting on all the poor and vulnerable people on the planet. Um, you know, every, every single aspect of what this culture and our economies is built on is the fucking oppression of the working class and not just here, but in the third world. And I, I see this virus as, you know, really the West here in the West, we're just showing our true colors. It's all about self-interest, greed, localism, fascism. It's a fucking ism jism born. <laughs> Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's, you know, just, it, like why can't everyone just fucking sit still, cross your legs, and focus on the breath for a bit, and just calm the fuck down? You know, like just this is a time to t to take stock, and like look after your fellow man. And yeah, I get it. Like, you know, you don't want your little town getting infected with the virus. Like, that's fair enough. I, I totally back that um, to a degree. But you know, just just be a human being about it. Mm. Fuck, everyone's suffering. Everyone's uh, anxious, depressed, in pain right now. Now's not the time 
to be going to war with each other, mm. um, you know, and, uh, you know, just cordoning off your little zones. Uh, and if it's for the sake of so you can get uncrowded waves, you're a real piece of shit. Mm. You're a fucking low-grade mutt. Yeah, I don't think you can be flipping about the disease, no matter what you believe or how many wormholes you go down or anything like that because there's people who have vulnerable loved ones who are going to be affected by this in a really heavy way. All and of us. Yeah. And Every so we, we need to planet, we need to treat yeah. each other just with a little bit of little bit of niceness, guys. Be nice to one another. But the other thing, the other positive note that I can't stop thinking about every day when I'm walking out like looking outside and, you know, sneaking off to try and find a bit of an uncrowded bank somewhere is just how beautiful everything's looking. Like the world is unaffected by this human tragedy. In fact, it's probably enjoying the biggest respite from just nonstop growth and economic, you know, putting uh, success and, and consumerism above all else. Uh, that being taken out of life is really giving the earth a big, big breather, man. It's a great point. The, uh, the planet's fighting back in, in more ways than one. It's coming back. Mm. There's animals taking over the streets in Rome and freaking, I don't know, Bulgaria. I've, I've been watching clips online. There's, you know, herds of goat and sheep and dolphins and uh, all kinds of cretins and creatures are crawling back into public view and taking back what's theirs. It's mm. uh, it's. A, Far out, man. It's a wild, wild thing to be a part of and absolutely inevitable. Don't you reckon? Like, we, we were fucking so due for a kick up the ass. It's not funny. We mm. had our pants down and our cheeks spread and nature has just slipped on <laughs> a pair of pointy-nosed RM Williams and just come in off a fucking... Off a Roberto Carlos 10-step runoff, run up and just delivered one straight up the date form. <laughs> yeah, the corn has been wounded heavily. But, oh. um, yeah, look, mate, uh, you know, as you say, I mean, uh, all, all of us have been affected uh, with our jobs. Uh, we're in a, a pretty good place here in Australia at least. You know, we're still allowed to go for a quick surf, albeit, you know, Try and keep your head screwed on when you're going. If surfing. you're lucky enough to live in a regional area, yeah. if you're in the city, no, there's no fucking quick surf. No, let's be realistic. Like, uh, no, I don't know, but I, I'm just looking at like in New Zealand has just shut down surfing completely. Mm. It's it's done over there. Like, if you go surfing, you're committing a, an offence. Like, it's not quite at that space just yet. Like, mm. you can still get in your car, you can go home, car, beach, car, home without seeing anyone, touching a railing, and get a wave in. You know what I mean? We're, we're kind of lucky like that. Mm, at a handful it's, of beaches. Yeah, yeah, you can. And then there's, there's um, you know, there's what, uh, Malibu. Did you see that the other day? The, the Californians have shut down their beaches and one guy surfed perfect three to five foot dead glassy piping Malibu on a sup. <laughs> oh, the ultimate, like, dig into any surfer who was watching online. You know, the original, like, anti Government guys just watching this sup paddle around their lineup, and uh, there was police boats and helicopters oh, converging in on him. I'm pretty sure he got lit up by a, a drone at the end of it. Just uh, absolutely ripped limb from limb. There's, pretty classic. Um, pretty classic. Strider still picking pieces of the carcass out of his uh, hair mm. out of that perm. And then uh, you know, cops firing guns at surfers in Costa Rica. So mm. oh, it's going wild out there, man. I mean, I'm just so grateful that. Yeah, if, if, you, if you want to and you don't want to put anyone's life at unnecessary risk, you can go surfing in Australia still at the moment. No, but that's not true. Only at certain places. Like in all of, like all of Sydney, where I'm from, all the beaches are shut down. 
Yeah, but you can still like go. You can find a stretch of un. Not all the beaches. No, you can't because there'll be fucking a bunch of locals with pitch, <laughs> pitchforks and flaming sticks there telling you to turn the fuck around. I, I've had no problem finding uncrowded waves in Sydney when I was living there. South Narrabeen never has a single soul out, mate. Never. Manly? Manly's still open? I think Manly is... Closed. Closed, is it? Yep. Wow. Well, there's no... Uh, DY? I don't know. My zone? Your I zone? think two people got fined at Watergoes yesterday, 1000 bucks each. Oh, so it's starting to shut down. There you go. There's just so much coastline here, though. You can get away, man. You can do it. Not saying do it. I'm saying you can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finger buns. <laughs> Finger buns are just sitting in a room. They're sweet and sticky and absolutely delicious. Finger buns. Finger buns. Feed your face in your finger buns. Oh, that was a good opening rant. Wow. Hope everyone feels a whole lot better about this corona situation after that. <laughs> no, I'm going to go to Cowboys on the way home and get an axe. Protect my family from the people you guys are talking about. <laughs> All right. Number five. This measly fucking flu. Now, Vaughn, uh, what are they calling it? The It's the corona, corona something or other, right? COVID-19. Yeah, or the coronavirus, and uh, mm. I wanted to know, it's true that it, the illness originated uh, in China and actually got its name because a Chinese person went a bit troppo and, and tucked into a bit of bat, which he then washed down with a corona instead of his traditional sing, sing tao, and now we're all <laughs> fucked? Is that what, is that what has I, transpired I I, I've read... Well, stick to your sing tao, Chinese, I, I've you read, fucked us all. <laughs> I've read a report that that's what happened. Um there's a million wormholes you can go down if you want to read a billion other different conspiracy theories, uh, which I'm not going to go into because there's just too many. Some people are saying it's a, a 5G thing. Other people are saying that it was uh, injected into people by the, the government. I mean, mate, just where, what do you believe? Who, who do you believe? How do they find patient zero? And, uh, you know, I don't know. But I think eating a bat, uh, someone was telling me the whole reason why there's this eating wild animals market in china is because the beef industry was so poor there that they couldn't get their hands on any sort of you know mm. meat industry food but i don't know i'd like to throw this to our resident bat expert uh oscar Wright. <laughs> um ozzy in your experience i know you've kind of uh, transmorphed into a, a bat at different times in your career um have you known them to be particularly riddled with uh, disease <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne, he's the one that ate the bat first. Ah, <laughs> he's patient true. zero. Yeah. It has been rumoured that you have bitten off the heads of doves, bats, dogs, everything. We want to set the record straight. What head did you really bite? Well, in actual fact, it's wanted to be funny. I bit my own head off. And, uh, <laughs> hey, to be honest, <laughs> very true. I actually saw Ozzy perform it was only a few years ago and he was fucking ripping. He looked in great health. It was a yeah. mental gig. Uh, the Acer uh, Arena there. So. <laughs> I remember seeing on one of the old Albi Mangles, a lot of the uh, indigenous people up in the Northern Territory barbecuing bats, and they look delicious. Ah, mm. wow. Mm. But they're saying um, uh, some of the what, the fruit bats, the Australian bats, uh, have rabies up in far north <laughs> Queensland and stuff like that. So I don't know how much bat I'd be eating at the moment. Mm. Particularly True. in light of what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Keep it plant-based, people. <laughs> don't blame the bats, though. It's nature's revenge, though, isn't it? 
little, isn't it? Little germs yeah. taking us down. Mm. What's your read on this? Uh, there's so much kind of metaphoric quality to it all, isn't there, Aussie? What, what's your read on it all? I just reckon it's just Earth getting back to ba- balancing itself out, like you said, purging population and um, slowing down the consumption of oil and all that shit. Mm. It's just, you know, it's a little, it's a good lesson that for humans to realize they're not in control of the planet and like, you know, there's way more powerful forces. Mm. Mm. Well said, it's true. We were due for a kick in the ring. (laughs) Um, I was just going to say, be careful too about, you know, what's going on under the cover of this panic in your own country, especially in Australia right now. I mean, there's little moves going on that the government are making that seem like, you know, they're done under the the guise or the, the sort of the blanket of, you know, when this is over, we're going to rebuild this country. We're going to do this and that. Just keep an eye on who they're putting in positions of power and what those people are capable of. Because we've just had one victory uh, against, you know, this titanic industry in Australia, the mining industry, and it just looks like pawns are being moved right now to open that up heavily if we get to an, if we mm. get to an other side. And I think it would be uh, in everyone's interest to just keep an eye on the power you know, uh, who's in play, what's going on. New Zealand, uh, they've got a body uh, while their parliament's shut down that's keeping an eye on all government decisions and they've just announced that Australia has an independent body that's going to keep an eye on the Morrison government and what they're up to. But I'm pretty sus on, you know, fucking mining industry in particular being used as the vehicle to rebuild Australia economically. It'll, it'll, you watch, Smithy, it'll be the big flag waving, this is how we get out of this mess. Mm. Uh, the, the story that they'll try and sell us. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too uh, in Australia, fucking great news for a lot of us in, in a lot of ways. Uh, our uh, fearless communist leader, Scott Morrison's finally come to the table and given us all a universal basic income. Smithy's signing up for the rock and roll. I can't believe this. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get on the doll. Um, so we're all, we're all basically kind of getting a, a universal basic income at the moment for the next... I don't know, foreseeable future mm. until all this... Well, that's happened in ends. England and it's happened in uh, New Zealand as well, which is awesome. It's just at what cost? Nothing's free in this world, mate, especially when there's a conservative government in play. Mm. You wait. Mm. Mm. You wait. Someone's got to pay for that and it'll probably be us. My question is, where and when is this going to end and, and what's it going to look like? Um, you know, what is the reboot going to look like? Like, as a, as a, as a race... What are we going to look like on the other side of this? I mean, are we going to heed the fucking kick in the ring uh, from Mother Nature that we've just received? Uh, and how, how best to absorb that message and reconstitute it into a, a better, more equitable world? I mean, we're just about to get a taste of the universal basic income. And, and for mine, that is the fucking future. Mm. That is the only way we survive as a race on this planet is to create some kind of blanket economic measure maybe through a global government we're seeing it this is a global crisis so i'm looking like you know right now we need global solutions for a global crisis i know yuval noah harari the uh the great israeli egghead um (laughs) has spoken at length about uh the need for a global government in a globalized world when you have global problems um, so is that what we're heading towards? A global government, oh, mate, a universal basic know, income, but um, a, a grand awakening mm. on planet Earth? You know, oh, is this the, a time when we're all going to look inside ourselves and and concentrate on our health, well-being, medit- You know, start to meditate, start to do breath work. 
um, and have a bit of a fucking heart and a think uh, for our fellow man. Because, I mean, the way we're living now is the way people in the third world have been living for fucking hundreds of years, for, right up till now. Mm. People in South Africa, Brazil, India, these people, you know, Indonesia, fuck, Dengue's still killing thousands more people um, every day or month than, than this virus is. Like, this is n- nothing to the third world. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, mate. I've got no idea. But uh, if you want to read up on sort of a, a pretty uh, layman's guide to uh, UBI and like the benefits of it, check out Utopia for Realists. Yeah, Rutger Bergman. Yeah, it's a really the good Dutch egghead on your Rutger. It's a, it's a really man. good uh, book to just give you a really simple understanding of the benefits that could come out of that. Sick podcast uh, too uh, on uh, yeah. ABC in conversations. Rutger Berg. We'll see, Berg, see if we can Berg. find a little snippet to drop in here because, um, yeah, he's a, he's a clever guy. And, it, and it, it's, I don't know, it's just it's like it gives you a nice clear perspective on, on why these things aren't so bad. <laughs> you totally. know what I mean? Poverty creates so many problems and, and worse health is, is just one of them. Uh, I think that we often forget that poverty is just incredibly expensive. You know, in terms of higher healthcare costs, higher crime rates, you know, you pay more for the judicial system, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's it basically an invest, investment to eradicate poverty itself. And I think that the data even shows that it's an investment that pays for itself. So the savings are actually bigger than the cash grants themselves. Are you saying that the results show that the introduction of this minimum income scheme, mm-hmm. this introduction of free money, saved money? Yeah, it's and in that sense, it's literally free money. You know, we've sort of forgotten to think about social policies in that terms these days. Usually the debate goes, today goes like, the left says we need to do this because it's our moral responsibility to help the poor. And then the right says, yeah, sure, but we can't afford it. Uh, now, what I think is that there is a huge amount of evidence that these kind of policies, you know, just pay for themselves. They're great investments with a huge return. The Scandos are onto it. They're all, you know, these people, they're all socialist countries, social democrats, I think they're called. Mm. And um, they'll explain to you much of the, the same theories and philosophies I uh, explained to you about minus the fucking uh, psychopathic rage. <laughs> Number four. Surfing is thoroughly fucking rooted. <laughs> we're in, on a we're in, on wild air. Hope you're feeling good out there. In every conceivable way. <laughs> the uh, the Wazzle has cancelled the Australian leg, and you know. Oh, you're talking not not surfing in general. You're talking about the surf industry. We'll see. We'll see where, right. where this stops. Okay. But uh, let's start at the top. Obviously, yeah. the, the World Tour is a, a write-off. I'm, I'm assuming for the year at this point. I, I don't think they've made the call officially to can it for the year, have they? Ah, that's a good question. I don't. I couldn't think see so. on, the, on the website, but the Australian legs obviously off. Um, well, while there's no travelling, you can't imagine how they're going to pull it off. <clears throat> Correct. Although I was thinking, you know, is there a chance we could grease some palms, you know, get Proden and the Wazzle suits to send a few billion rupiah the way of Tommy Sahado and the Padang Harbour Masters and, and just let a couple shipfuls of world tour talent sail off into the distance there and uh, just have a, a tube shootout for the ages on some uh, remote Mentawine atoll and, uh, I don't know, stream it on fucking Facebook or Instagram. Can or you imagine? Why not? I'm what, sure they'd be keen. What this Indo. Slash mentor-wise, slash Maldives. Like, like, can you imagine what this season's going to look like up there? Oh, pumping. Hey, uh, which reminds me, actually, we've got, we've got a, I think we've got a guy on the phone. Uh, got a, we've got a man in the archipelago. We've got a guy on the phone right now. Uh, Ty Buddy Graham. How is he? Good. Oi. How are you, buddy? 
bloody good. What's going on over there, man? Fill us in. <laughs> Fucking hell. What's going on in the whole world? It's true. Uh, yeah, it's all happening. Tell us what tell us what we all want to know. Are you getting coned on your own or what? <laughs> are, are, are we starting? Is this it? <laughs> yeah, this is it. We're on. <laughs> We're on. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, I am, but... Yeah, okay, so where where I've been going, they're still cool with it, so let's say it like that. But yeah, there's been some hell little pits around with no one out. What is Bali looking like? I mean, you've been over there for years, man. Give us a bit of a rundown of just sort of the streets, that whole Kurta section. Um, single fin obviously is closed down. The lawn chungu is probably a ghost town. Like, how ghosty is it? Are people respecting the social distancing or is it a free-for-all still? Yeah, nah, it's actually, I'm actually very impressed with um, how everything's going. Being being a tourist island, um, it's sort of, I guess it was, it's, it was a little bit up in the air if this thing was real or not for a while. And then, you know, all, all your areas that got the older crew, they kind of peeled out a bit earlier, like Seminyak and, and, and whatnot. Chungu, everyone just kept hanging in there. All the young Chungu dreamers were just hanging in like not a care in the world, all the backpackers down the <laughs> beach. That up, until maybe, up, up until maybe a week ago, there was like a 1,000 people on the beach every afternoon. So, um, yeah, it was just different in different areas. Um, Ulu's, Ulu's was, I guess it's a bit of more of a destination zone. You got your crew up there that, that sort of surf or your core surfers and stuff that were still hanging out. But pretty much now, like today, what day, I wouldn't even have a clue what day it is today. I'm losing track, but um, it's, it's just pretty much shut down everywhere. It's unofficial though. Like the government hasn't said, hey, everyone's got a lockdown, stay inside the house. Everyone's just saying, hey, guys, take care. And it's, it's it's so quiet. Like I had, I did a drive from here to Sonora yesterday, and it took me about twenty minutes. That's from Chungu. Usually it takes two hours. So wow. it's um yeah. There's no traffic on the road. It's super super quiet. Pretty much all the shops are closed. There's one or two restaurants that are open. Yeah, my 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 place is closed down a couple of weeks back. Um, yeah, it's it's a good thing. I think everyone. I mean, oh, there's the the business side of it where a lot of people are out of jobs but from a health perspective if whatever this thing is is um everyone's sort of playing by the rules of what the government's wishes are so I'll, i've been looking on some forums in australia and it's freaking packed over there so we're getting all these warnings to go back to australia go back to new zealand and then i look at australia and it's it's 10 times busier than it is here in bali so yeah, how how are the Balinese dealing with this? Uh, you know, how's their culture, their you know belief in karma, or what's their take on this uh, entire pandemic? From you know, because I know I you're in contact say, with a lot of a lot of locals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say in general, they're all pretty. As far as the medical side goes, most of them are pretty relaxed about it. Um, from what I see. No one's freaking out. It's not. It's not Planet of the Apes or anything where people are running through the streets with guns or anything like that yet. But um, it's yeah. Everyone's. It's got such a community sense of um, culture over here. So everyone's sort of looking out for each other. Yeah. Unfortunately, tons of people have lost jobs. I mean, I have 650 staff that work between our venues and. Um, you know, most of them have gone back to the villages and stuff. We're still, we're still, you know, tr- trickling enough 
for so everyone can have a feed and and um and whatnot. But I mean, depends on the business. Not everyone, not every business might be in the same situation. But generally, everyone's been pretty okay about it. Everyone's sort of looking out for each other. They generally do, especially here in Bali. It's a, it's a you know, with the with the bunges, with the desses, every village sort of takes care of one another. So it's it's kind of a nice community feeling, to be honest, over here. Um, Fascinating. Yeah, there's no sense of freaking out. Um, not yet. I don't know if it'll even get there, but it's it's that right now today. It's 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 cool. Um, obviously, they're they're enforcing a lot of shutdowns of beaches. They've closed out like can't surf in a lot of spots. Chengdu can't surf, even though there's some knuckleheads getting out there still. Um, it's kind of pissing off a few of the boys, like the local guys. Are, um, you know, they'll have to rock down there and kick everybody out and you get the odd, you know, person from wherever they're from battling it going, oh, you don't own the water and all this all this nonsense. But um, I guess for all the crew playing by the rules, it's all, you know, it's all, it's all good. I've got a question for you, Bud. What about um, Balinese surfers? So many of them grew up already mm. with visitors out in, the, out in their lineups, you know what I mean? So they, they were yeah. learning to surf at spots that, uh, if tourism wasn't a thing, they would have eventually got out there and discovered these waves and had a sense of localism. Without this whole uh, tourism thing going on, they're going to get to taste their waves with no one else around. What are the odds yeah. of uh, the rest of us getting told to fuck off and never come back? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think, I think, um, well, there's some, there's some of that going on already, actually. There's a few, there's a few spots that the, the boys are holding it on lockdown. And I don't know, I'm, I'm all down for, yeah, call it localism. I call it a sense of community. You know, they 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 look after each other, and you know they they're there when she she goes good. So yeah, hey, they're, they're are they going to welcome? Are they going to welcome the Aussie holiday maker back to these lineups though? After having for a taste sure. of it to themselves? Nah, for sure. They all, you know, the whole economy over here relies on tourism, man. Like. You know, look at guys like, you know, uh, Marelana up at Ulus, his bar there. It's, f- it's full of tourists there having a beer, watching the sun go down. Um, you know, you got guys He's up He's a fucking legend, uh, the, that the, guy, the, mate. Love Lana. Yeah. That are drivers, you know, they'll, they may be surfers now, they're drivers. You got Patur and all those guys, the lifeguards. They got, you know, like, I guess it, it trickles everywhere. It's half of the guys have got homestays or half of the guys have got a. A warung, or half of the guys got a board rental, so they need it. They need it as much as as um yeah. They might enjoy a few empty waves right now, but at the end of the day, they got to feed the family. Are you aware of any crew out at HTs or wherever waiting COVID nineteen? You know, out on an island, um, getting coned out of their minds while all this blows <laughs> over. Yeah, a couple of my buddies are up there right now, actually. Kidding me? Um, yeah, they they, they they kind of took off before it all, you know, went down. Um, you you can still jump on a plane now if you want to. You, if you're in Bali right now and you're listening listening to this, you can you can still jump to a few spots. A, a lot of the uh, a lot of the. Are we on? Do we just do we just have a do we just have a barley cut out? <laughs> I think that was Huey just chiming in, going, "Don't blow it out, you idiots!" Yeah. Cut, cut the line. Um, yeah, look, there's a couple of my buddies up at HTs right now. They're staying up at um, Techie's place, and they uh, they they hit me up. Hey, come up, come up! And I was like, "Oh, you know what? If I didn't have a family, if I, if I was just me, 
I would definitely be up in the Mints right now. I'd have hired a boat and just been sailing around getting perfect empty waves. We've had a couple of little medium swells uh, last few days. There's another couple of pulses over the next like week, but n- nothing serious. But there's going to, you know, we're coming into April now, so it's going to be a few um, swells. But yeah, there's a few boys getting pitted around the archipelago, that's for sure. Oh I've been, we've been getting a few messages here. <laughs> Far out. Sure. That is, you don't understand how heavy that is to hear back in Australia where basically all the beaches have been shut down. Um, I think they were even talking about shutting Snapper down over Easter and there's like a chance of a cyclone around that, uh, around wow. that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, it's that's hard, isn't it, it? With, with the... Re- with the res- with the responsibility side, I mean, I guess in the lineup, if everyone can surf, you know what, Snapper would be a good spot because it's such a big current. It would just kind of spread everybody out. But um, yeah, who knows? So it's the whole hoarding. <laughs> you haven't been on the rock for a little while, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't plan on it. Nah, but yeah, no, no. The beaches <laughs> are shutting down, and um, Indo's going to have like the world is right now, a big, big breather. And um, I yeah. think if anywhere deserves a break, it's Indo. Yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of refreshing to to drive on a motorbike and not get blasted in, in the face by some truck smog. So um, yeah, we've just been we've been taking it all in. Hopefully, it doesn't last too long. But um, yeah, so far it's all it's it's it's, it's all it's all good here. I think the I think the government too in Indonesia will um look after Bali. It's, it'll sort of protect it as a bit of a resource here with, with, with such a high amount of tourists coming here. There's a, um, you know, it, it looks after a lot of the population. It looks after a lot of the economy here. So they've got to sort of protect the asset here in, in terms of if, you know, everyone was painting all these horrific pictures that everyone's going to be, you know, jumping over fences with machetes and all this kind of stuff. And I really don't think it'll get there. Um, have you boys ever been here for a nippy before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Nippy, it's, it's Nippy the is sort of the lockdown, yeah. Well, it's a one, one, yeah, one day lockdown, full, full lockdown. Can't leave your house. Lights off, no internet, no TV, and it's sort of a day of everyone just sort of reflecting and and a day of silence they call it. But the way they control the villages is pretty much so. Inside of Banja, you have a pachalang, which is sort of like the village security. Then each village, each bunja belongs to a desa, which is sort of, so let's call suburbs in into a city re- relative to Australia, and they sort of patrol it in a way where you can't, you know, you can't venture outside your village. So th- I think that's how it'll sort of come to play if if things do get a, b- a bit more critical here. But um, yeah, I, I have a lot of confidence over here. Obviously, the medical side of things is a bit scary, but. Um, I don't know. There's so many theories with this thing, the warm temperatures and stuff like that. So Dan- there's Dengi- definitely some bo- boys. Dan- What's Dan- that? Dengue still kills like thousands more people every year or month or whatever it is compared to what this virus is doing, right? Yeah, I think if you look at all the stats of what everything else does, tuberculosis and all these other things, it's still pretty minor on there. But the whole world's started to focus and pay attention and count numbers. It's gone almost in a sad way like the Olympics. they like this... You- with this freaking stat tally you can check every day. Yeah. So I think that's the scariest part. We've got so much access to all the information where we've never really paid attention to it before. Um, mate, just on another topic, um, New Zealand has shut down the beaches. Have you spoken to any of the, the crew at home and uh, how they're dealing with not being allowed to surf at all? Yeah, I had um, – so my family's from up far north 
And I thought a few of them way up north where there's no one around would be sweet, but a few of the iwi, so a few of the tribe 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 uh, heads up there are kind of cruising around. And, um, yeah, a few of the boys who've got batches on the beach up there are getting told they can't get out there. So they're all pretty good over there, though, man. It's like a big sense of community. They know they've all got a, you know, that's that's that was the decision by the leader and there's a well, well-respected leader over there, so everyone's sort of abiding by the rules. But, yeah, a few, a few of the bros who live on the beaches in Raglan and whatnot have seen some pretty sick empty waves roll through. <laughs> it must be like this everywhere. <laughs> yeah. There's um, a few of the boys up at Ulu's the other day sent me a photo, man, and it was just like empty lineups, being in empty lineups, Chungu empty lineups. So, yeah, it's interesting. The mind boggles, yeah. mate. I feel like everyone's eyes up there in Indo, they're going to, like, next time we see you all, they'll just be spirals, just spiral eyes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be interesting too when it sort of passes, then how long till the planes come in. So we're going to get, we're going to have some plenty of waves over here with just us for a long time, I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't say that to us. <laughs> uh, epic to talk, good. Epic to catch up with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we were looking forward to coming over for the single fin this year. Obviously, that's on hold. Uh, yeah, until it's the, on. The... I mean, that's that, that's in August. So let's see. What have they said in Australia as far as flights go? A few few months or six, three months or something like that. So I guess it depends end, on the then. airlines, right? There's no clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah shit so, show. um, fingers crossed, you boys will be over here for the single fin. That'll be sick. That'll be a good. That'll be nice. On your Buddha, stay safe, mate. Look after your family and get a couple cones. I will. I'll flick you through a few pics, boys. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, see. Enjoy. Oh, Stay oh, safe, boy. lads. Thanks, mate. <laughs> see you, brothers. Yo. The end is near. The blind can see through. Singing in his praises Now he's coming for you Don't take your possessions Leave your wife and your son Cause nothing really matters Once the devil has come Sees your sunken eyes from a life living fast. How far you have come, he's caught you at last. You wasted your time running around the sun because nothing really matters. The shadows grow deep When it all fades to darkness He will take his key Stop trying to find
laid down your broken gun It's nothing really matters Once the devil has come Smithy, Indo all to yourself, Buddha. God, you thought he had it good just running the lawn and single fin. Now he's just got the whole island to himself, just parking cones all over the place. Oh, COVID, he's never been so happy. What are the ramifications for the, the surf industry? Maybe start with that. Well, like surfing in general, like we can't even go surfing uh, in, in most of the world, I guess, large mm. parts of the world. The industry is complete, has been completely gutted. I've got no, I like, th- Are again. Are fucking just, completely rooted or, or what? Well, I'd imagine that every single person is sort of somehow looking at ways to get through this and get to the other side. But the, 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 the biggest question is, like, what's that other side look like and who's going to survive and, and is, are people going to bounce back and just start buying shit in the same way that they used to before? You know, because it all comes from selling product, right? That's where every cent in the surf industry comes from is that somewhere, somehow you've got to buy something so that that money filters back into the, into the system. So I've I got no idea, man. I really don't know where or what's going to happen. I guess like for guys like you and me, it's just about doing what we do and doing it because we love it and hopefully, uh, you know, people want to get on board with us and fucking ride it out. That's really all I can, all I can speculate on it. Mm. I don't know where it goes from there. Aussie, is uh, surfing thoroughly fucking rooted in every conceivable way? (laughs) Um, It might be the best thing ever to happen to surfing in a way. Like think about all the uh, exploitation of it and all the everyone filming everything. And there's, I don't know, just it might just put a bit more soul back into it. You go surfing because you love it. I've been surfing every day with my kids and it's just beautiful and, you know, it's fun. No, no, no money, you know, in it. But it's just the, the it makes you feel amazing in your soul. So, soul surfing's back. Comp's dead. <laughs> well said. Yeah, and I think uh, I reckon a lot of people are uh, you know like when you jump on comment boards and the amount of just 
sort of, you know, hate really is the best word. People hate the industry. They fucking hate it, mate. Like they don't like any of the mechanics of it. They don't like the WSL. Yeah, unless it's giving you actually you and your your family money, you, you, you hate it. You're like... It's blowing out the good spots and all this, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and Sponsoring people to fucking drop in on you on the way of your yeah. life. <laughs> Sponsoring people to go, I'm fucking working, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 I always found that strange. And maybe that is because, like, you know, I have been a part of the industry for so long that I don't get the hate so much. Like, uh, I always just enjoy surfing for the pure, like, fun of it. So, uh, yeah, man. And I've often thought, I'm like, what is that job that actually has a tangible contribution to society that doesn't fucking, you know, isn't based on the back of some six-year-old in a sweatshop um, or like uh, exhausting natural resources for no good reason. And uh, you'll listen to this in the Rutger Bergman podcast. There is very few jobs like that in our Western mm. economy. The, the modern phenomena of bullshit jobs, that's uh, the title of a viral article that's, um, yep. you know, cited in that podcast, and, that's and that 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 bullshit job thing is the leading cause of depression. That's the number one thing because if you don't get home at the end of the day and you feel like you have not contributed anything worthwhile, and that you're just grinding your life away to make money to buy things that you don't need or want, and and to basically climb this this ladder, this invisible ladder that doesn't fulfil you in any way, shape, or form, for what? You know, you haven't, like, at least, like, you haven't even fucking dug a hole at the end of the day. You've just done all this invisible nonsense that doesn't ever make you feel good. Totally. I felt much better when I was a builder's labourer on my uncle's building site, you know, all through my youth and adolescence, you know, just clanging shovels with Uncle Jack the Donehead and, like, you know, just telling funny jokes and then screaming at each other the next minute because at least at the end of the day, it was a fucking hole dug. <laughs> there was evidence that I'd actually done something. Yeah. And uh, I do look at the, the working class in this country, people building homes and, and all that as, you know, they are essential jobs. There is, certain, you know, people driving buses, public transport, and these are all the people I grew up with. I went to a blue-collar Catholic school and I have nothing but respect and admiration for all those people in those essential services, nurses, health professionals, teachers, firemen, uh, cops to a lesser degree, uh, ambulance officers. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> So, you know, like, I guess you got to choose, man, and, and you got to f- choose a righteous path, and it's very difficult in the current uh, economic scenario, and I think that'll be the grand awaiting on the other I side. I hope of so. This. Oh, I hope so. The big reset. People just fucking down tools and just go on strike mm. until, you know, we're doing honest work, man. What's the fucking point otherwise? Yeah. It's yeah. literally coming at the expense of everything we love, the, the planet, people. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. I mean, fuck, it's it's just at the end of the day, you know, you could We've say We've been checkmated for it's time to fucking turn that chest head over. <laughs> just tip it over, knock all the pieces, stab the big fat white man in the head with a fucking king and queen. Yeah. I just know that, you know, like surfing in itself, I mean, the, the whole thing of going for a wave and catching it and having fun is important. It's important to have Joy. that in your life. It's like great. and you gotta do it. And so things have to be made for you to do it. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to have a surfboard at least. If nothing else, you've got to have a surfboard. So, you know, maybe after all of this, a surfboard, a wetty, pair of boardies, 
fucking do we need anything else let's just go back there i've tried to keep every board i've got in my life just waiting for this day when i no longer get free surfboards i got enough to last the rest of my life yeah perfect. thanks everybody well perfect. rationed <laughs> mine are absolutely fucked i've done them all they're all just i've only got three boards at the moment but it's, shit it's, out. it's, it's not like them. these are revolutionary ideas in terms of the surf community we've known this shit since the 70s fucking albie fowls on terry fitzgerald you know, uh, Mike Boyum. Get some chooks. Na- get a backyard oh, shed. mate, they've been living it all this time and they've been telling us to live like this. You know, the, the eternal brotherhood. What is it? The brotherhood of eternal love from Laguna Beach there. Timothy Leary, all the Sid freaks from Southern California. Like, we've been on this tip for a long time. You know, we're, we, we don't, I don't imagine any of our listeners need telling mm. the, uh, how to live and that the system we're living under is a fucking farce. Um, so, wake up. Wake up. Yeah, and just don't be and don't wake your little inner fascist up either. Keep that kind of sleep while you're at it. G'day folks, it's the After Surf Wrap with Tap and Um. What part of social distancing don't all you kooks out there understand? If you don't live here, don't surf here. Upper Coomera Board Riders Club must have had their club round, did they? This is ridiculous, all these idiots. Now have a think about it. If you don't live here, don't surf here. If you live up at Upper Coomera, you stay at home. Out enough of yous. Catch you in the waves. <laughs> Brett Birch, welcome to Ain't That Swell. Ah, thank you. Good, good to be on. Are we on now, are we? <laughs> yeah, man. We're rolling. Hey, uh, how's things, mate? Are you staying well? Your, uh, your respiratory system is intact? Yeah, yeah. Got a good little isolation program underway. Um, I mean, life's not too much different. Obviously, you can't. I mean, my, my profession is a teacher, so... Mainly working from home at the moment with the lack of kids on board, but um, yeah, just I guess still still surfing in a you know taking the, keeping the measures in place and just surfing on my own or in crowded lineups on my own. But um, yeah, and then just had a lot of stuff to do around the house. We've just finished uh, building our first home actually, so I've been pottering around here. It's been been kind of like in amongst all the chaos and how. How unfortunate, how much of a shit situation it is. We've been, yeah, been keeping positive and having a good time. Yeah, right. All right. Now, uh, what I wanted to talk to you about, your hometown is one of many coastal communities around Australia that's asked travelling surfers to stay at home, locals only, at the moment. Uh, what are your thoughts on it all? Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, those measures are getting put in place for... A reason they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't think that it was a vulnerable situation. I think it is a good. I mean, 
you just don't know if you've got such a volatile little infection and you don't know if you've got it. And I guess the more people coming is obviously going to heighten the risk of it coming to that area. I think it's a wise thing. If the whole country's on a lockdown, don't stay at home program, well then, if they're saying that, I guess, Kind of abide by it. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess like there's a bit of a spectrum of requests for traveling service to stay at home. At one end of the spectrum, you got, uh, you know, many communities around the country who are telling people to stay the fuck home and uh, locals only and uh, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to punch out tourists if I see him in the lineup. And then, of course, you kind of got the South Coast spin on things, which is a lot more mellow and, um, you know, it's one of the reasons I've, always love surfing down there is that uh yeah people just very calm and measured um and you're very typical of that response um yeah i'm kind of i'm just struggling to tell whether some of this localism is actually about the virus or we've just time traveled back to the 90s yeah i think i mean we're all adults aren't we i mean you can either say like hey do you mind do you mind please staying at home? Um, this infection is quite serious. Or you can go and put up a sign with explicits on it and really and really ram it down your throat. But um, I mean, the message is the same whether you say it in any any context. Um, so I guess it does to, to go off your second little string there. Yeah, it gives them a platform to maybe release some of that that '90s anger that they've been having to put away lately. Um, Again, like I said before, I think it is an important thing to listen to what authorities are saying. They're, they're the ones in the know and, and obviously surfers where, you know, sometimes you think you're not part of all that, but it's still a string of events that you need to, you need to stay doing the procedures the authorities say. So I reckon, yes, stay at home and, and don't go on a, just a surf trip. I mean, there's, there's essential travel which could be, I don't know, maybe going like bunker down at, at a you know, your family might live away, go and bunker down there and don't bring all your mates and go for a surf. But, yeah, I think just being, like, just common sense, isn't it? Like, just isolate yourself. Don't hang in packs and don't go and just hang out at, at a random beach that's, that's you don't need to. Um, but, yeah, in, in the messaging type of things, I guess, I don't, I don't know, yeah, just, just said it before. Mm, mm, yeah, I don't know. It's just something, something about it that rankles me. Telling telling people not to surf that aren't from your zone, um, but then going surfing yourself seems like a little bit hypocritical and just like, uh, I don't know, just like no different to the localism of the 90s, I guess. I mean, what are your thoughts on localism generally? Because, you know, you know, full disclosure, like back when I was in my late teens, I was one of these fuckwits. Um, you know, threatening people and beating people. And, um, uh, you know, that was growing up in the inner city and it was easy to get swept up in all that when you had, you know, older, jaded older guys banging on about respect and blow-ins and all that palaver. But then I travelled and I saw the world and I surfed all around the world and I came back, you know, with a very different attitude. Um, And I know you've travelled a lot. Um, So, yeah, like what are your thoughts on localism generally? Yeah, I think um, I think the only time that localism is is necessary is when like someone's doing someone comes and behaves like out of line. Other than that, I think it's a little bit nonsense. It's it's cool to know that an area has. I do. I am attracted to those areas where 
there is some sort of vibe where you, you just know you can't get away with anything, and, and so you shouldn't. So that's great. But the whole, the whole, like vibe of getting up people that come and surf is just, yeah, it's just not a cool, cool thing to do because you know if you do get those people that do end up being those kind of enforcers, uh, generally don't leave that area too much and could be. It could be said that they're stuck in a little bit of a bubble because when you travel, you realise that hey, you need to travel to kind of grow. And and if you are travelling, then it's quite hypocritical to then turn around and say to someone else, "Don't come to my place." So I think like you know, if, if you rock up and dudes want to come, everyone wants to go and surf other places. That that's just going to happen, and it doesn't matter if you're at a good surf spot or a shit one. People travel from hours away to go to that spot and surf and that's fine. As long as they come down with a good attitude and they, they abide by like what everyone should do in the ethical code of surfing, like there's no problem with it. But just just reaming people for like rocking up at your spot, it's just yeah, I reckon it's a joke as well. Um, unless you've got a valid, valid reason for getting up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I guess here's something worth considering too for any communities located around a major city, say Sydney, for example. Uh, I crunched the numbers on all this, right? So bear with me. Hope, hopefully uh, my maths are a bit better than Parco's. But uh, what I found was that the total number of cases of COVID-19 in Sydney are 1,759. And uh, that's pretty significant when you consider that one person can infect 59,000 people when multiplied to the power of 10, which is apparently is how you measure infectious diseases, whereas the ordinary flu, which when multiplied to the power of 10, one person can only infect something like um, 13 or 14 people. So it's an infectious little bastard, this one. But then you also have to consider that the population of Sydney is 5.23 million. So when you convert... 1,759 people into a percentage um, of Sydney's population. That's 0.03% of people in Sydney have the virus. So I guess uh, my point is this. If you were to flip the script for a moment, um, and so like uh, what I'd say to all the coastal communities out there is imagine if 0.03% of your hometown is infected with this virus that mostly kills old people and they shut all the beaches around you down, then the rest of the country tells you, like, sorry, mate, you can't surf here. You might be contaminated. Stay the fuck home or I'll knock you out. Like, uh, how would you take that, I guess? Oh, I mean, sorry, I was—I must have been caught up listening to a few statistics there. I kind of lost your track. But are you saying, like, what I gathered out of that was, I, I honestly... Um, I just think that, I guess, yeah, the percentage, when you when you really crunch the numbers like you just did, yeah, yeah. the percentage is low, but you got to think, if, even if a few people are carrying that, yeah, and it does infect 0.03 of the town, it's just the hospital systems down here don't have the staff or the, the equipment to, to handle an outbreak. And although it might, like, that is a relevant number if you bring it down to 0.03 of this community, but what if an outbreak happens to occur and takes on... Um, you know, more than that number, and then that's just a trickle-on effect. And we've seen what it can do. Probably not the response you're looking for, but it's like no, it's we've seen what it can. Totally we've seen what it can do if you don't follow the protocols and you don't, you don't like tighten the noose on it and you let it slide a little bit. We've seen what it 
what it can do. Um, and I guess I guess they're just putting those in those in place that you can't buy those numbers off Sydney because these coastal towns, if an outbreak does go, it could be quite um, yeah, it could be really harsh on on the systems that we've got in place down here because they don't have the the equipment to carry for it like Sydney does. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess, and so I, I guess the logic is that uh, by surfing with people, you're going to catch the illness, like there's a higher chance of catching the illness, or is it that by uh, surfers from out of town coming to your zone, um, just by using a petrol station or getting a meat pie or um, something like that, they're going to potentially spread the illness in your town? Yeah, you would think, like, I know, exactly. If you could just transport to a town and go for a surf and transport back, I don't reckon it'd be an issue. But it's the, it'd be the congregating kind of activities you did around around that surf trip and who you did it with and who you're going to be, you know, you're not, you're going to be eating out, you're going to be just, I don't know, I guess it's just like businesses I know down here are shutting because they're worried about, that instead of want people hanging out in front of their coffee shops with people that are breaking the rules, so they're just shutting it off and not even allowing that to happen. Mm. So I guess the coming down and not surfing fact that just happens to tie into all those activities. And yeah, does that kind of does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a uh, definitely a take on it. Um, I guess uh, my other question is if the bra boys show up at one of the beach breaks near your joint looking to get wet, who's going to be the one to tell them to get in their car and fuck off back to Sydney? <laughs> definitely won't be me, mate. Uh, <laughs> no, there's, definitely, there's definitely some loud barks with no bite getting around, but um, I'm yet to kind of see, funny, I mean, you might be on top of it more than me, I'm yet to see that kind of attitude slash sign or any post getting around from this area. I'm sure they're occurring. I haven't seen them yet. Um, yeah, no, it's true. I, the South Coast, the South Coast, like I said, is so famous for being measured and calm-headed in situations like that. And that's there's been nothing but that on show. I'm talking more generally, I guess, about communities uh, located around Sydney. Yeah, and it'd be interesting. There's always it's funny. Every Easter, there's always ways. Saying it's the same same this week, and it's pretty much been flat for a week, and then there's a swell arriving right on this four-day period. So it will be super interesting to see how many people come down and and um, try and sort of capitalise on that. Well, I mean, even today, it's the first, what is it, the Wednesday midweek and the water, like there was, when's this getting, um, when's this getting put to air, Jed? Um, good question. Probably Friday or something, Easter Friday. Okay. I mean, there's, there's already, there was, you know, 30 lads in the water and, yeah, and they're, they're all local because everyone obviously is laid off work. Everyone's quiet. They've got that. They've got time to surf now. And, you know, at 6 a.m. when the sun's come up, there's already 30, 30 lads in the water. So if you add a few more tourists in the mix, it's going to be pretty chaotic. And the car parks can't handle that. And it'll just be good to see how, how this weekend unfolds, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Super interesting. Super interesting. Um all right, man. Well, uh, thanks for helping us make sense of all that. Brett Bircher, the original <laughs> underground core lord, cone fiend, chew pig hell man himself. Thanks for joining us on Ain't That Swell. Yeah, cheers, Jetty. Thanks, mate. Good luck, eh? Stay Good. safe and uh, stay healthy. You too, mate. See you, brother. You. Bye. Bye. Number three. Mason Ho. 
Oh, at He's last. the second best cure for depression on the planet. What's, yes, the, what's the first? Well, we'll get to the first. Oh, okay. It's number... It's, it's uh, number one. Number one. Okay, great. How good is Mace? Oh, what a... Quit. So stoked. I mean, have we got a sleeper for the uh, tube pig goat fraternity in Mason Home? And we talked to Jack Robinson uh, in our manly episode, and the conversation was all about Jack Robbo and John John, you know, mm. these two, the great vortex shamans of our time um, and the greatest vortex shamans of all time. Um, but Mason, I think he's staking his claim, Vaughn. I mean, if you haven't tapped into his YouTube channel and just uh, absolutely. Worn the uh, worn the data stream out. You're blowing it. Yeah, Get he, in there. he gets so kind. No he one gets more so than much squad. time in the pit. It's mind boggling. I uh, I was thinking about. It. I was watching his channel, and I'm going like, man, I think this guy might be the pinnacle. And then, literally, <laughs> as I had that thought, I looked at the screen, and he was coming out of a tube at that death trap, fucking slab of the rocks poking up at the end section. Mm. I think it's rock piles or something there on the North Shore. He comes out of a tube, dives off, and then suddenly there's GoPro footage of him licking a rocky pinnacle on the ocean floor <laughs> seconds after getting spat out of a tube. I was, I was, I was just baffled. Oh, uh, you've been away with him, Oz. Yeah. Well, talk about uh, the first time you saw him. Uh, do you guys talk tubes? You're a bit of a tube pig yourself. <laughs> Um, I don't remember talking tubes with him, but yeah, I love watching him ride backhand tubes. I think he's probably the most original backhand tube rider we've ever seen. hundred mm. percent. No doubt. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's my favorite server to watch by far. Um, he's like a, yeah, a little freaky genie kind of. You guys ever, uh, you know, swum to the bottom of any reef that you visited and just start licking the coral together? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have the same sort of appreciation for reefs and rocks. Like I love them. I run on them and just, yeah, like. If I surf one, you know, I like to just, you know, touch it and yeah, that's weird. stand on it and run on bare feet on sharp rocks. <laughs> There's only a handful of guys I, I know who it. love that, like yeah. love rolling around, feeling rocks on their body. Like Mason, <laughs> Mason is like, full, it. like rock jumps, he loves yeah. them. Just uh, getting rolled on them and just, it's just awesome. Just, yeah. It's like, yeah, what is it? I don't know what it is. It's just really immersing yourself in the, uh, in the surf. It's kind of like, turns it into like a footy game. You just, <laughs> I remember uh, I was telling me once when he had the shits, uh, one of his cures for just get letting off steam was going down to South Bungan and just picking up boulders and throwing them around. Bit <laughs> <laughs> still, still doing that stuff. Um, yeah, there's so much beach breaks up here. I like surfing Lennox because at least they yeah, like it can run on the rocks. Mm. Um, yeah, mainly long sandy beaches up here. Yeah. Mm. Interesting uh, with Mason too. You know, it's almost like he's been. He's like some. Anomaly from Mother Nature, like he's been genetically engineered to get coned. Like he's a he's a pint sized little character, and he mm. can stuff himself into cones of any any shape. But uh, he just don't don't you reckon? Like talk to me, oh, talk mate. to me about his technique and just like no one uh, I can think of really is able to be as comfortable as he is in, in waves of both incredibly heavy consequence, but also all those weird tripped out. Backwashy, dry rock novelty slabs he surfs. Like, mm. fuck, no one's doing that. No one is doing that, man. Yeah, what do you reckon, Oz? Like, what's his, what is it about his body shape and his sort of like just jive? He's got that, that crazy reckon, disco. Yeah. Just, he's like, I think he just got the most open mind. Like, mm. when I was with him, he was reading the Bruce Lee book and that was, he was studying Bruce Lee. And I think you can see that in his surfing. Like, 
just super open mind, just fresh sort of, you know, can, can put himself wherever he wants and there's no, I don't know, preconceived ideas about the way he moves and I don't know, he just sees it all, just lets it all flow like he's so in the moment. Mm. Yeah, he's, another he's like, guy who was studying Bruce Lee and, and martial arts was Elvis Presley in the Vegas years when he was a bit bloated and he wore the big <laughs> Diamante suits and all that sort of stuff and he started bringing karate into his stage act. You know, you ever seen that where he's doing the big fly kicks? And <laughs> But I always like looking... Doing at, big fly kicks and splitting his pants. And of course, we should also mention, you know, he's a second generation tube pig, cone fiend, hell man degenerate. Mm. Like, you know, obviously uh, part of the great Ho dynasty there on the north shore of uh, Oahu. Interesting, you know, like I always find that the best surfers in the world, they like to tell themselves it's all them. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a masterful, uh, special bird on this planet, but more often than not, they're just the son of an incredible, incredible surfer. And second generation surfers, don't you find? Like it, it, they're always the guys who are pros. Like their fathers were incredible surfers and got them into it at a young age, or at least not even incredible surfers, but just push them into it at a young age. Like there's no great mystery to what creates uh, a talented surfer. I mean, when you go up into that next echelon of like uh, your Masons and um, Jack Robbos and John Johns and, and Slaters, yeah, there is a, a little bit of a, an X factor there, obviously, and Aussie. Um, mm. But yeah, talk to us about uh, the effect of... My dad know. was a pretty good Nilo. He was. He got barreled. Rick Wright. Yeah. Yeah, because he was part of that same, uh, that, that era, you know, Peter Crawford. Yeah, he was in, uh, in Colorado Board Riders with Nat Young and he... Uh, yeah, he was hanging with all the shred shred lords. And yeah, he was that's riding, wild. He, you know, he's like, Greeno was his favourite surfer, and he rode a kneeboard, you know, obviously. But so he's like, I was one of the first guys riding shortboards. Like we were riding them way before, you know, all the all the Nat and all those guys chopped their boards down <laughs> on his knees. But still, like, it was kind of modern. Dy Point, suck up. Yeah, they were loving Dy Point it's, was their spot. Collaroy was like the hotbed, wasn't it? Like before Narrabeen really even came on the scene. Simon Anderson's from Collaroy. Yeah, Collaroy was the spot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that was. But but they mainly just surf Long Reef and Dy Point yeah. and all that. He'd yeah. run to Dy Point from Collaroy Plateau. And... and the best surfers you've ever known in your career, you know, were they often the sons and daughters of you know talented surfers, or you know, is there many? Talk to me about first-generation surfers and, and how difficult it is to kind of forge a path to excellence when, you know, you've just no one in your family surfs and you've got to teach yourself. I feel like uh, some of the best first-generation surfers when I was a kid, you know, the 90s was a pretty different time to now. You weren't just riding whatever board you wanted to ride and, and heading down the beach and doing your own thing. Like, you were a part of a high-performance movement that was fueled by a lot of uh, ego, heaps of money, lots of beers... And it felt like the felt like the guys who were sort of exploding out of whether it was out of the city or out of the uh, rural areas were getting away from something. So surfing was like an escape for them, you know. Or they were being brought up through the club system, and that became their family. And and you became encouraged through hanging out with the older surfers. So it was much more of a, a place where you went to escape, and so talent sort of blossomed out of that petri dish of environment. Whereas these days. First generation surfers, like, don't know how many legit ones there'd be. There's probably all the parents of kids now would be surfers, right? So, like, they're out there. There's so many first generation surfers. They're not obviously in the upper rungs of the sport, but in your general surfing, uh, your general surfing population, I would say 
they vastly outnumber second generation well, surfers. Surfing's so young still as a sport. There's, mm. not, there's not that many second generation or third generation. But back in our day, there was way less, right? Oh, I yeah, mean, way less now. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, now. there's so many people just... More first generation surfers now? Oh, more second gen- more oh, second. Yeah, more second now. Probably obviously. more first as well, but there's just more surfers. But when we started, yeah, not that many kids' dads surfed. Really? On the northern beaches? I mean, oh, your, your dad surfed. A lot. A lot your dad surfed Oz. Yeah, a lot, but not like, I don't know. There's oh, more the Coonies, now. you know, like, yeah. again, fathers were legendary surfers. Great, a, and the sons were great surfers. There's so many, like, because I commentate a lot of junior comps, mm. and there is so many surfers who were good surfers who I knew down there with their kids. Like schooling them into it and getting them into that, into that zone, which you didn't see a whole lot of when I was a kid in board riders. Like, no, not many parents came down to the beach to watch their kids heat. No, no, but they were, you know, instructive in getting their child a surfboard at a young age and getting them into the water. That that's all I'm talking about. Like, yeah. Because if you don't have that, then you just have to find it on your own will, which is going to happen later. Mm. And so it's no great mystery for why people end up really good at surfing. It's just seriously that time in the water that 10,000 hours yeah. theory you know like whatever you start doing at a young age you're going to be proficient at it you, you get all that muscle memory loaded into your um it, it's it's not it's not a yeah it's not a mystery yet i think a lot of talented surfers pat themselves on the back and think that they've done it all themselves and that's mm. fucking not true yeah i'm here to tell you yeah yeah, and also being a little part of a little gang when you're all competitive and pushing each other. Brothers, I remember the Salakas brothers. They were definitely first generation. Yeah, <laughs> and I fucking love those and guys. Yeah, that's yeah. my adopted home. Yeah, yeah, legends, classic. All the, yeah, all the Longy boys. A lot of them. I don't think their oldies would have surfed, but they were just they were such a tight gang, and they were so you know they just loved it, and they all pushed each other, and they got mm. really good. Mm. And then it's another layer of privilege to drop to grow up next to the coast. Yeah, big time. You know, and yeah. let alone next to a stretch of coastline that has world class waves like Snapper or you know any, anywhere you care to name. Like yeah, I think you're right, though, Smithy. If you if you grow up with a a, uh, a, a really like solid surfer as a parent, uh, it seems to be in the bloodline. If if your kids want to surf, I mean, my kids don't really like surfing; they're not interested in it. But um, I was just watching old, old footage of uh, Joel and Kai Fitz from their teen years the other day. You should see how good they're surfing. Like yeah. it stands up now. How, For sure, how good they are. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna reject the, the term bloodline. Though I'm gonna say it's, it's something that's just simply a product of how much time you spend in the water. Mm. It's not in your blood. And plus, your dad knowing exactly where to put you on the bank and push you into the wave at right at the right spot, like. I can get Rocky when he's barely surfed. I can push him on and he's nearly getting barreled, you know, just because I know where to put him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, bloodline's wrong, but... Um, Cause a lot, just, I'm, I'm just, standing up for the... We get a lot of, of our listeners, you know, they're people from Brisbane, they're people from um, the Sticks, and they fucking love surfing as much, if not more than anyone, and they're made to feel um, less, less than... Uh, purely on account of their surfing ability, but ultimately, it's just uh, that's elitism and a, mm. a product of privileges that other people didn't have. Fully, mm. yeah, it's good because you know me and Vaughn grew up surfing a lot, and then we, um, you know, you could feel like you're good at it or whatever, but then we put ourselves into music. And then you're just going into this scene where you're an absolute novice and a beginner, like <laughs> yeah. like a kook from out out west that's never been to the coast but loves surfing. So. Yeah. That gives you a good appreciation of um, people who are learning to surf. And totally. You don't, and you imagine, don't go and write them off. You try and make them feel comfortable right. and make it fun for them. Yeah, that's well, right. We've been imagine imagine in music for, what, 18 years and we're still getting treated like fucking blow-ins. 
I was going to say, imagine if other musicians just came around, poked their head in on your jam session, and went, "You fucking kook, you suck." Well, they, they, they yeah, get they, out of here. They do this in a friendly a... way. They go, "Oh no, 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 mate." <laughs> We're like kindergarten kids, but I love it. <laughs> we still cop that. We yeah. still cop it on social media and stuff. Will you take that fucking guitar and you? Nah. That's right, mate. Violence is in no way condoned by that's well.
But Mason Ho, yeah, 10 out of 10. 10 Love out him. of 10. A, uh, yeah, and he, he's given back to the surfing public in so many ways. He's an absolute joy to watch. And a legend. frother. Frother. Yeah. So, so, you, so you're saying his job gives back to society. I like it. Yeah, he provides me he so provides much me joy, with inspiration man. for yeah. sure. Like he makes me want to go and do healthy stuff like go surfing and dive on rocks and shit like that. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to go and straight made- out front and lick North Wall when we're finished here. <laughs> See if I can tap into whatever's making his, uh, yeah. making this rock licking thing go down so hard. <laughs> yeah, good. Number two. Yeah, the new Rage film is uh, officially, quote unquote, off its fucking head. <laughs> uh, Oz, have you, have you caught it? I haven't copped it. I've got to oh. ask him for the code. I can't afford 10 bucks for a surf movie <laughs> right now. <laughs> true, true. Oh, mate, look, I feel bad. I've watched everything else uh, except that uh, Rage 3, which is so weird because I love every single one of those guys. Got, their surfing is my favourite kind of surfing going down at the moment. And... Um, I just haven't had a moment to sit out. Look, can you believe it? I'm in isolation. I've watched every single thing else. I haven't had a moment to pay 10 bucks. That's all it comes down to. But uh, I'm keen to. Yeah, I might. Mm. But I know that that air that Chuni, like, I mean, he's, he's like stepped up. He's on a whole different level now, right? Oh, man. Oh, man. I need some time with this. But uh, look, man, it was completely mind-blowing. Like, obviously... Chuni, uh, you know, you kind of knew he had it in him to a degree, like some of the some of the stuff he's done at Toomey's there and at North Point, like packing some big angry cones. But uh, the level of tube riding in this film is second to none on the planet. Like mm. they're surfing waves that, you know, I've been to and I've watched. Um, and so I can kind of vouch for how unpredictable and angry they are and how, you know, uneven and sharp the bottom is. Um, and these guys are just stuffing them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Credo and Chuni in that film yeah. are just, man, it, it, it's impressive. It's mm. impressive. It, it stands up to anything being done by the world's best, Jack Robbo, Mason Ho. Um, you know, and they're doing it in, in sharky, cold water zones um, where there is no healthcare or ambulances coming to get you if you come unstuck, like, consequential tube riding and big airy punts mm. big cones and big punts that's Loft. the uh, that's the formula for the, the modern day free surf it, you can't do one or the other anymore those guys man are such a sick unit like i mean as a group of mates the way that they're able to push each other to different you know new levels is just fucking astounding uh it doesn't surprise me like i've been fortunate in my life to have a group of friends around who uh, basically, you're kind of just always celebrating the very best of stuff. So, like, everything they're doing, they're doing because they absolutely love it for a start and they want to go and push each other in these waves of consequence, Smivy. Mm, consequence, yeah. correct. And so, like, it's uh, it just doesn't surprise me that they're all fucking multi-talented too, you know. Like, it's not just about... They made the soundtrack too. Yeah, they made the whole soundtrack. They record everything themselves. That's mental. They're such a sick gang. And uh, there's a full power that comes with a collective, I reckon. Like, there's one thing, there's there's something they said for going out on your own and being fantastic. But the the power of a collective unit is something else. I reckon it's a force. And yeah, it's they're, a, like, it's a, they're like the momentum generation, except they're um, drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they, they rip in. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're super talented. I love those kids. They're unbelievable. Mad. Oh. 
Mad freaks. And just legends. Just lovers. Like yeah. they, they love, I mean, <laughs> they do, like when they're all together in a gang and you're hanging out with them, they fucking love that energy more than anything. And that's, that's really cool. They, they have an opinion on just about everything as well. Though. <laughs> you can tell they're pushing each other because like they're going waves that are properly uh, death defying. Mm. And I don't know if you can get there on your own doing that stuff. And unfortunately, when you get a surf waves of that Kona Quince consistently, uh, you got to pay the piper at some point. You so know, you know who's good at getting there on his own. Ando, Ando goes and surfs those waves on his own, and you know he gets them on film. So I don't think, but he's he's like fucking oh, he's that, that's a good call, man. He, he, he does it on so his own. Like, I think that's pretty. There's balls, he, balls out. he's packed one of the um one of the heaviest backside cones of all time on this continent. I'm calling. You know the one. Yeah, I know the one. That one that spawner shot looking oh, yeah, way, yeah. way back across the bay at it. Yeah. yeah. Gets in on that little chip shot and the thing is just angry. <laughs> yeah, and just, just to be in the water down there, like I, my first server I had down there, I look in and saw a 25-foot white point and just breach and eat a seal as I just got coming on the rocks. First day I saw that and just thought, oh, mate, I'm, I don't want to go in this water ever again. It's pretty terrifying. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Rage 3, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Go and get it. Spend your last 10 bucks. Fuck the brown rice. Get the Rage film and a little bag of goey and just... Here we go, Smithy. Save our souls, mate. We, we, we went a little bit turbo negatron at the start of the show. I know we were truth-telling, but mm. save our souls, bro. Well, Bring it. Still on the tooth... Tr- <laughs> still on the truth tip, our man Wim Hof actually has the fucking cure for the coronavirus. Uh, I shit you not, Swellians. Have a listen to this. How do you feel, Wim Hof, given that you are the world's foremost respiration expert and healer of viruses through yogic techniques now that the coronavirus epidemic has seized the world what what was your what did you think when you first heard of this and what do you think now uh i've been looking uh, into what the virus is causing what the damage of the virus the coronavirus is causing and that is inflammation and inflammation is represented by interleukins, like cytokines, inflammation values in the blood. And they are called the IL-1, the interleukin number 6, the interleukin number 8, and the interleukin number 11. That is in the, co- in the case of coronavirus. Now, in 2013, uh, we have been injected with an E. coli bacteria And through these breathing techniques, we were able to inoculate the IL-6, IL-8, IL-1, IL-11. Those are the inflammation values, which is causing the damage uh, in the coronavirus. The way the coronavirus gets into the cell is different as the E. coli bacteria, but what they cause is the same. 
And what uh, and and that information, we are very capable of uh, suppressing it. Now, maybe not when it is in a very advanced stage, but the the people should look into it. The universities. They should look into this, the doctors, the professors, the scientific world, because the existing papers have been showing these values. If they compare the one value with the other, they see the same effect. Maybe the cause is different because one is a virus and the other one is an E. coli bacteria, but the, uh, the effect, the consequence is the same. It is inflammation. And that inflammation we can suppress. Can we talk through a little coronavirus survival kit for our under the skin listeners? What should be the, you know, for those people that are, you know, not under immediate financial or medical threat, what kind of, how should they, what techniques should they be using? What would you suggest? Me personally, I'm doing the meditation. I'm doing the breath work. Um, you know, I'm doing exercise. I recognize I'm fortunate because I'm not in immediate financial peril and I'm not in immediate medical peril. And those people should do what they need to do. And, you know, they can consult whoever they need to. But for, for people that are interested in using this as an opportunity for spiritual growth, what, what do you reckon we should do? And can you, if not bulletproof yourself from coronavirus, can you use uh, these methods to make yourself give yourself greater endurance? Uh, absolutely. We have shown this, uh, once again, evidence-based. We have shown how to influence into the innate immune system. This is what you want, not only when the coronaviruses go ongoing, but also when it ends and when it stops, then still we are able to get into our innate immune system and learn to control and prevent disease from coming in. And that is through these techniques, they spike and boost our immune system. The immune system, therefore, or then, uh, 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 then becomes much sharper. It knows how to detect a virus or bacteria much earlier. And then without fear and without, uh, 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 what, uh, uh, without fever, I mean, uh, without fever, inflammation, and, uh, uh, and thus, without fear, you can do these techniques. And this is learning how to boost your immune system. And it takes a cold shower in the morning. You have to go into the shower anyway. How long? How long, how long in, have you got to stay in the cold for? You begin with 30 seconds. But very soon, in a couple of days, you will go in uh, for one minute, one minute and a half, two minutes. If you do two minutes, that, that creates an absolute boost of the immune system. And that's what you want because then the immune system is much uh, sharper. It knows how to detect virus and bacteria much earlier. And uh, uh, the breathing, it creates a lot more energy and it purifies the person in the deepest of tissue. That's what you want. If you have a problematic life, anxiety, you have no money, and therefore you get depressed, do this breathing, do this, uh, 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 the, the cold shower, you become resourceful. You get, you feel you got so much more uh, peace within and you got so, you are more resourceful and uh, you got m more energy. You just feel great. Yeah, right. So uh, Wim Hof, 
the guru. I mean, he's not a guru, actually. He rejects that phrase. He's mm. just a guy who's... Wife killed herself, jumped off an eight-story building in 95 um, and he it sent him spiral, you know, spiraling uh, into the absolute abyss of suffering. He had four kids to raise and he had to get through it and he kind of knew um, how to get through it from studying, <coughs> you know, all the, the various Eastern religions and philosophies and um, health and well-being techniques. So he's come up with a breathing technique as you heard there, and it basically acts on uh, reducing inflammation in the respiratory system, which is how COVID-19 or the coronavirus kills you. Um, it's inflammation of the respiratory system, which you know leads to pneumonia and other complications and you die. So as long as you can get, uh, as long as you can get to COVID-19 before it, reach, it reaches its advanced stages, you survive. So like this information... Um, the World Health Organization put out a set of guidelines for anyone who works in the media, um, any influencers, any celebrities, whatever, that when they come across information that can be of um, value to the, you know, humanity right now, to get together and um, spread that information like a fucking virus, man. So right now we need a pandemic um, of solidarity and uh, a pandemic. We need to make a pandemic out of this information. We've got to make this information go viral. Mm. So please, uh, I was just chatting to Vaughn uh, and Oz off air. Um, you know, first of all, just listen to the podcast. Listen to what he's got to say. Um, we'll put the we'll put the podcast in our show notes on SoundCloud and hopefully on iTunes. It's just called, uh, I think it's called, it's a Russell Brand podcast with Wim Hof and it's called the Coronavirus Survival Guide. So just have a listen. And once you've had a listen, uh, you know, keep an eye on our Facebook, uh, the Swellian Facebook, the Swellian social media, uh, my personal Instagram uh, social media account will be streaming this and we're going to have a solid go at sending this thing fucking viral. We're going to get this information as to every little dark corner on the planet and look after our brothers and sisters in the favelas in fucking Brazil and South Africa and India and fucking venezuela and indonesia and like all these poor people because this information has no fucking hope of getting to them and if you listen to the full podcast you'll understand why this information um probably won't get the mainstream airtime it deserves Vaughn it. fantastic love it gonna do it get it out there share let's call on uh anyone we know with uh, any sort of following to just get in behind this and share these links and get it out there. Yeah, like we'll be um we'll we'll, we'll figure some kind of like tagging, um, I guess a strategy on social media where we can you know f- film video. I don't know. We haven't decided what this is going to look like yet, but we do mm. know we'll be reaching out to Slater, to Tulsi, to Fanning, to fucking um you know er- every person of uh, influence uh on, that we have. Uh, contact with and we'll be expecting them to do the same to act out of fucking solidarity with the people and uh, get this information out into the slums because uh, those are the, the ones who are going to die from this and that's not on right well there's the finger buns for you and uh, Smithy before we get into the rest of the year because we've got our special guest in Aussie I thought we'd uh, throw it out to the swellings to see what they wanted to know from the cone monstering uh, bat non-bat eating but bat-loving artist slash muso slash what else was? Puppeteer? Yep, puppeteer. Nice one. Mug maker. 
Right, that's my latest one. We're just going to whip through these, all right, mate? Mug maker, oh yeah. How's your website going? AussieWrong.com. Yeah, if you buy a mug off me, I worked out it actually cost me four bucks to send you a mug, so not, <laughs> not that good. Business is booming. Um, all right, mate. Pitchfork two 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 wants to know if you had to either give up surfing or playing in the goons, which would you choose? <laughs> no question, playing in the goons. <laughs> <laughs> Pinebox.co wants to know what truly inspires you to create your art. Oh, um, truly inspires me. Create my art. I don't know, just my my moods, my mood swings, the mm. emotional roller coaster that I ride. Mm. It's therapeutic for you. In a, yeah, it helps degree. me to deal with either abs- the joy that I'm feeling. I feel so happy I got to express it. Or if I'm so frustrated and mad, then I express that too. Mate, uh, yeah, I remember... Um, uh, just recently, a lot of your paintings have been so happy and people holding hands and, you know, like lots of positivity. And then the other day I saw this one of just a giant frowning face and it just said, I hate motherfuckers. No, no. That no, was a smiley face, but it said, I hate fuckwits. Oh, fuckwits, yeah. But in a happy way. It looked a little darker than your usual stuff. Yeah, I had the shits that day. No, I, can't, I can't remember why. It's fascinating, though, just on that, like the artist therapy and, you know, you haven't had the easiest run, Oz, and uh, I'm interested, like... Um, a big part of like dealing with trauma that you've suffered uh, when you're young is not going back into it. You know, when you're in those fucking in those either extremely happy um, head spaces or extremely sad head spaces, it's like I don't know. I guess it's uh, I'm just learning about all this. Is why I'm bringing it up. Just learned about how to fucking like PTSD and what it does to you. And uh, yeah, there's a there's something to be said about getting out of your mind. In, in a positive way um, at those at those moments. And I guess art is a great way. Uh, surfing can be, but not always. It can also be really fucking triggering. Mm. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess meditation's the best. Wim Hof, the breathing is, is, mm. is the pinnacle. Well, I think meditation. the pr- productiveness of like Vaughn saying he wished he, at the end of the day he dug a hole. Like if you make some art at the end of the day, you've got that thing that you made and you get a lot of energy from that. You can wake up the next day and you, know, you jump out of bed and you just look at it and you're like, yes. Or if you're halfway through, you just can't wait to just attack the day and get something done. Like I just love the productive feeling that it gives me. Yeah, fuck yeah. I don't really want to dig a hole that much, mate. Yeah, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's but fun just making things. Where do you, like, does your head go somewhere else? Like, do you enter a kind of a meditative state? Does the world sort of like dissolve around you when you're painting or sewing or doing whatever it is you're doing? Yeah, like, yeah, it's sort of it's like sewing that i've been doing lately that feels like hard work like my back hurts and everything and you're like oh but you're just like hacking this thing up and trying to sew it and <laughs> imagine doing trying that. to make it look good i don't know it's just i enjoy it though. imagine making tracksuit pants and, and wallets for four bucks a day in uh in some sweatshop i in, can uh, i can actually easily imagine that now because <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd do it sweatshop i don't mind it it's sweaty work, but Cause you, uh, you make something. It's so hard to make something like um, a pair of tracksuit pants, though. Yeah, that's true. I guess you, 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 you're right. You can see where they're coming from. Having done it for a couple of days in your backyard <laughs> for fun. Mate, my, I, I reckon I've put in about, oh, I don't know how many hours last year sewing. A lot. And, um, 60 hours a week? Pretty, 70? Nearly, eh? I was sewing my freaking brains out. For 20 years? Yeah, but no, nah, that would be, that'd be annoying, especially if you're not making shit to give yourself enjoyment. Like if you're making a pair of... You know, what, imagine if you're making bum bags. That would drive me crazy. Mm, very unsatisfying work. <laughs> Sauce bottle, long time swelling. Smithy, uh, he wants to know, I was... Balanus s- finest. Balanus finest. Seven days, seven slaves section or dope to you section like a motherfucker from hell? 
Uh, Which one of those two is your favourites? Uh, the dope juice one I like better. Way better song. 
Mm. Hollywood chose the song on the Seven Days one. I love that song. I remember. It. I'm thinking of the, the opening <laughs> clip uh, in that film, which is iconic. That kind of South American. Yeah, thing. that's right. That's fucking mind blowing. Uh, righto, uh, Maddie Weller wants to know which direction is best for rinsing corn while wearing masks out in the water. Uh, rinsing corn wearing masks out in the water. Yeah, I do that a lot. You just mm. just <laughs> backhand, frontside. Which which one do you prefer? <laughs> um, front side Couple more uh, Front side corn rinse What does that look like? Oh, I have to ask It just uh, means you bend forward I think it means you bend forward Instead of right, like, Lay back A kind of a, a downward dog pose In the tube <laughs> Backwards <laughs> um, Here's one uh, Jay Fangs Or Jay Lang Sorry Wants to know uh, Do you want your kids To follow in your footsteps? Uh, that's a good question. Because, uh, I mean, uh, Rocky's pretty much on the way, right? He's uh, he's playing a lot of guitar and he's, he's, he's ripping he's on guitar. He's way better on guitar than I ever have a hope in hell of mm. getting. Um, you know, that's really good. And he's starting to love surfing, which I'm stoked about. But it's funny, in these times, I'm thinking, you know, get a job that society needs. <laughs> well said. <laughs> yeah. uh, Richie, Unless we can all get that doll forever. Yeah, the just, UBI. Then just collect that like all the surfers in the 80s. Yeah, fucking Just right. get out there every day. But then we've got to live in heroin-riddled share houses for... Uh, mm. You don't want to be raising children and having families in that environment. It's a tough one. Tough let, one. let me mull it over, so to speak. Uh, this is from Dan Johnson, who supported the Guernsey Doom once. Love Dan. Little Dan Johnson. I wish we had a, uh, one of his songs. He used to do Oasis covers. He got an Oasis tattoo. He loves oh, the band so I much. I think I've seen that guy at the, uh, the Bounty in Bali. Yeah. Maybe. Well, the open mic night. Yeah, there. you would have. And he, he actually uh, did one of my favourite post-heat dummy spits of all time during a junior comp at, at Winky Pop. I think I've told you this story before where he lost his heat and it was dead low tide Winky. And you know how the reef gets exposed there? And so he came in way down, way down past, you know, past the steps as far down as you could go, and he just walked all the way across the reef, up the stairs, and then through the par- car-, uh, car park with his board dragging behind him. <laughs> and his board was just going, kunk, chink, kunk, kunk, chink, all the way up. All the way up, like most iconic <laughs> post-heat. Paul and Jay. <laughs> it was so good. There was a slip of the tongue there. You said through the pup, and I was like, wow, that is a dummy spit for the ages. Imagine just hurling... A uh, small defenceless dog out in the oh, ocean. Oh, Ball's got a good story about that. Oh, yeah, Ball's. Yeah, he once was um, sitting in a, a restaurant uh, watching this little, there was a little pier and this little dog kept yapping, yapping, yapping and jumping off the pier. And people would see it and dive in and rescue it, bring it back up to the, to the you know, the, uh, the entry to the uh, pier. And then they'd walk off and the dog would run back out, yap, 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 and jump back in. And Biles, he watched like three or four people dive off this pier to save it. And finally, he saw it running up to jump off the pier again. And he just ran over, picked it up and just threw it out into the water. And he ended up just getting bashed by like five French guys who fucking love dogs. (laughs) (laughs) They just tackled him to the ground and beat the shit out of him. He threw this little dog into the water, which it was jumping off anyway. Oh, my God. (laughs) Next level. He's, he's had trouble oh. with dogs, Balsy. Oh. Way back when they first introduced the Beagles at the airport, one was sniffing his bag and he kicked it. <laughs> he said, fuck off. And then the same thing happened, straight to the back room for a, a good old uh, second inspection. Oh. And Aaron Williams up the ring. Yeah. So uh, Dan wants to know, who's the true front man of the Goons of Doom? 
It has to be kilo, doesn't it? Oh, mate, I don't know. You'll be you're the easily the biggest show off. Killer's got the heaviest songs, and I'm the most neurotic. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to ask a couple there, Smithy? There's a few there. What's your favourite country slash continent as a surf destination? Who's that's that from? from? Uh, that's from Dan O'Connell. Thanks, Dan. Um, easily Indonesia. Mm. Can't beat it. Mm. What? Why is that? What's uh? What makes Indo so special? Mm, the people and the reefs. <laughs> <laughs> you won your first comp in forty-five years there. The other last year, Oz. <laughs> the single fin, single fin event. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah talk to us about that day. That day was fucked up. That was like uh, when I think of like pre-COVID nineteen times. That's probably my number one memory. Mm. It was like this golden backlit Arvo. Racetracks was as good as I've ever seen it. I've never seen it that good before. What? Mm. That was crap racetracks. It was like two foot. But it doesn't like Dude, it to getting, be much bigger than four foot. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like but people getting so tubed out there on single fins. Guys were racking up tens and nines all over the shop. Mm. And I don't know if it was two foot. I think it was. There was four foot. Maybe. It was fun, yeah. Because guys were getting properly throated and usually it's fucking annoying and tricky and treacherous. I mean, maybe you guys were making it look easy, but there's a lot of holes. It was pretty shallow that day, but I love um I love that little section and just the whole of Indo is just magical. It's like an absolute dream, but it's reality. You can't believe it. You're just like, What? These waves, the shape of them, it's like just the you know, they're like perfect sculptures just folding down the reef. Day in, day out, everywhere. The food's beautiful, the people are just so lovely and yeah, it's, it's magic. Give us your like, give us a sick Indo story. I love you at your first trip there with Rabs. That's one of my favorites. Tell us that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, well, that was my very first day in Bali. I remember getting off the plane. I was meant to be with the Australian surf team and somehow they'd messed up our flight. So they all arrived the day before me and I just get to the airport. I was, I was probably 15 and um, yeah, there was no one there with me and I just got out of the airport, full culture shock. I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> But luckily my mate, Denny Shallis, had been there the year before and I remembered him talking about the Sari bungalows or something. I remember the name of the hotel that he stayed at and I just got a taxi there and it turned out to be the right one and ran straight into Rabbit. And yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, you made it. Excellent. Yeah, sorry about that. Like, <laughs> messed up your flight. But yeah, then he, you know, he took me on some wicked adventures and every night was just actually hilarious. Can you tell the story about the, um, the Bounty nightclub where there was that reverse bungee? Oh, yeah, that was sick. That was Tubes, Tubes nightclub. Yeah, so you tubes. had to, you had to, there was a competition. You had to wear a helmet and run with a bungee cord on you, and whoever got the furthest away was the champ. And I remember Rabbit just going, "No, but Bugs doesn't wear a helmet." And just charging, and he was just hammered, and he was just like, he got to the end of it, and he was like on all fours, just for about half an hour, just trying to claw a tiny bit further and further in the and middle of this nightclub, just not letting the bungee rip in him back, and yeah. just inching further and further. And he was just hammered and just talking to himself, going, fucking nobody beats Bugs. Bugs doesn't wear a helmet. Just clawing oh, further and forward, further forward. Like Sylvester Stallone in Cliffhanger. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. And didn't you guys, um, you took you down to surf Bingen, but it was no good. And uh, did yeah. you like, walk, to, walk to Ulu's or something? Yeah, so- we walked to Ulu's from Bingen around the cliff faces, like through just land harder and shit. Just <laughs> took about two and a half hours just battle, <laughs> battling through the bushes. 
But um, that was that was epic. That was like yeah. my first time on the book it. It was sick. Unbelievable. On tour in Bali for your first time. With Rabbit. No, no, no. Rabbit Pop. I know. He's unbelievable. Here's one from Isaw. And he says, uh, thanks to Oz for the Desert Jewel from a few years back. Haven't seen a more compelling case for gloves since Thriller or The People versus OJ Simpson. Or perhaps <laughs> their potential love child, Mr. Elkerton. Any ISO tips for grommets, mate? I've tied mine to the letterbox the last few days, but he's getting nervous when the leggy comes out. So probably time for a new trick. I don't know what he's saying there. Maybe he's just uh, tying the kids outside so he doesn't have to have them in the house. How, how have you been going with the kids inside? You've got a 12, 11, 12 and 7. Is that right? 6 and 12, yeah. yeah. Rock, oh, Rocky's 12 in about a week. But yeah, what they've, we've been going to the beach every day, so we're pretty damn lucky. That breaks up the day. But um, I think build a skate ramp in your shed straight away. That's a good move. Mm. We've got a trampoline, which we make them hit that twice a day. Get the blood pumping. And um, drawing heaps of art materials. Mm. Get them psyched on making art. See? Couple U- more, ukuleles. Two more. Um, this one is uh, is Green Room Times, who's uh, a bit of a ledge, long-time swellian. Uh, is there really 156 tricks in 156 tricks? Hmm. There's about five tricks over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Just on 156 tricks too, got to give uh, massive props to you, Oz, for that film because it is like – it, it transcends the surf film genre. It's like this weird abstract art piece that can just be watched ad nauseum. I feel like it should be playing in a dungeon in Bergheim while, uh, <laughs> you know, crew are fisting each other in BDSM get-ups. But it's a, an incredible piece of art and such crazy uh, – cra- like the musical selection is so eclectic and weird and there's like unreleased avalanche tracks on there. And, yeah, just talk to us about um, putting that thing together because it's a fucking schizophrenic joy to watch. <laughs> yeah, well, it was actually, the best thing about putting that together was Hollywood's little office that he had. He had this one little tiny sort of room that he'd rented right up on the top of North Ave Headland, way away from anything in the bush. And he just had his computer in there and, you know, he knew how to edit before there was such thing as iMovie. And now anyone knows how to edit, but he was doing it, you know, really early. So it was just a treat. Yeah, Hollywood, We'd go there and- Hollywood uh, for those of you who don't know, is the creator, publisher, of uh, Monster Children. So he started that with uh, Campbell Milligan from uh, Waves Magazine, I think it was. But yeah, Hollywood was uh, doing all that stuff when he was 17, wasn't he? Just yeah, he's making movies. Making films. That's why we called photos. him Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. But, he, but also Cowboy, me and Cowboy got to travel around the world for a year and just party and surf. And Yeah, know, where'd you go? To Talk me, to us about the making of it. Because I guess there's probably a bunch of people who haven't seen it. It's not an easy film to get a hold of. I think I got a digitalized version somewhere. Maybe I'll put it. No, I won't do that. <laughs> I was just going to say I'll put it on YouTube, but that would be uh, a little rude when I'm talking to the man who I'd uh, be directly <laughs> ripping off. But yeah, talk to us about where you went and um, some of the, the weird editing gimmicks too, because you like filmed footage off a, a TV and like it was fucking some weird shit going on there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We went to Europe, Fiji, like America, <laughs> Indo probably. Give us some detail. Oh, it was fun just traveling around. You know, it was simple times. It was like, it wasn't like now when everyone's got a film or every session. Like, I had Cowboy there filming and he was like, you know, he's a builder having a year off work. <laughs> so, you know, and if he sort of hooked up with a girl and went um, to the next town for a week, no one was filming. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, you know, it was a nice sort of way to do it. It was yeah. an adventure. It was oh, it's a good film. <laughs> yeah, mate. Well done on that one. Uh, just. Finally, uh, question here from 
Danny Seven, he said, Dope Youth 2. Is it coming? Is it in the works? There's been a lot of talk, hey? Yeah. yeah it has been lately. Could it's be. Starting a, to gain a bit of momentum. Yeah, we're thinking um, mini series, or series, Netflix, after the virus, kind of like an after the Holocaust thing and all the mm. boys, what new jobs they've got in the tribe. Everything's just full on tribal. Mm. Yeah. I was talking to Dion and uh, Dane Reynolds about it. They're pretty psyched. Directed by Robert Redford, perhaps? Perhaps. Is signed on, is it true? Vaughn Dedford. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it a crack. And lastly, uh, Josh Connor, big swillian as well. G'day, Josh. He says, whose ex is the shark song about? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cowboy's ex, isn't it? It is. <laughs> which one, though? <laughs> I can't remember which one.
Shark that took my lover I wanna buy that shark a beer The shark that took my lover Should be more sharks than that around Good on you, Oz. Thanks for answering the uh, swelling questions. No worries. Good on you, man. Good on you, Oz. No worries, bud. Thanks for having me. Meditate, you mutt. Go on, sit down, shut the fuck up, destroy the ego, be a better person, do something for yourself and others. You won't, you fucking dog, you fucking pussy, you fucking coward. Go on, have another six pack, you soft cock. Go on, treat yourself to another beer, another line of blow. Go on, talk some more shit, chew some poor cunt's ear off, make some hollow promises, tell everyone how you're the man. Give us some more of your opinions, your war stories. That wave you caught, that bloke you belted, that chick you rooted. Give us more you, because you're such a legend. Everyone is just screaming out for more you. Keep sniffing and sipping. Keep working and jerking. Keep cracking the shits and hitting your kids. Keep dissing your missus. Keep hitting the pisses. Keep shouting a bag so you can whine to some cunt until he wants to gag. Keep hiding the pain until you start going insane. Then go see the doc, that fucking big farmer hock. He'll hook you some benzos to make you comatose. He'll sling you smack in a pill. You'll get your fill. But careful, it says here in microscopic print, it has been known to kill. Keep taking the soft option. Keep sipping the rich white man's corporate capitalist concoction. Avoid the truth. Just stand at the bar of your schooner in your hand and yell, Struth! Let yourself go. Suck up some more blow. Enjoy the downward spiral. Your head buried in your phone, peeping shit that's gone viral. Meditate, you mutt. You won't, fucking dog. Couldn't if you tried. Fucking piss weak, bitch. <coughs> soft cock. Piss ant. Piss head. Piss weak. 40 minutes a day will make your problems go away, is what the eggheads say. Meditation's not gay. Being gay is gay. And that's fucking okay. Have another beer, you soft cock. You fucking weak. <coughs> you big bag of whinging piss. You moaning, groaning, depressed and anxious wuss. Blame everyone but yourself for your dismal mental and physical health. Have a beer and wine. And stand up, stand at the bar and yell, Yeah, Chine. He's getting his. Why can't I get mine? 
Yeah, that's fine. Join the corporate capitalist conga line. Kick up your heels. But it'll never give you the feels. Money making deals is like swimming with eels. Have a seat under a tree. Take a few deep, deep breaths. Close your eyes and count to three. Learn how to just be. Without filling your face, drowning in grog, wandering around in a rage, stress, anxious and depressed fog. Just ask the hog, Nathan Hedge, fucking ledge. Went through the ringer, too many tubes, parties and pingers. Put him in rehab, but he clawed his way back. He's the hog, he's no fucking dog. He meditates, so now I'm telling you mate, sit down, shut the fuck up, breathe and repeat after me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 You gotta be kidding me. 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 Oh, you gotta be kidding me. 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 You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? Kidding me? Are you kidding me? Kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking 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 kidding me?